This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. can't see the thing <laughs> okay what's up y'all welcome to hand me my purse the podcast i am mimi walker and i will be your forever host each and every single time you tune into this podcast so go ahead and get comfortable get yourself a glass of your favorite beverage whether that's alkaline water red kool-aid a hot cup of tea with honey a glass of cabernet sauvignon or hennessy and light yourself a candle, some incense, or burn some sage, and just get ready to chill out and have a good time. What's up, what's up, what's up, friends and kin? It is none other than Mimi, resident Auntie Supreme here at Hand Me My Purse. And today I am sipping, you know what? I'm not even going to tell you what I, I will tell you what I'm sipping on because it's tradition and I believe in traditions. I'm sipping on some lemon water. However, I want to talk about a drink that I made um, out of trauma. It was a trauma drink. That's what I'll call it. On January the 6th, some of you will remember that the United States uh, went through a bit of trauma itself during the insurgents or the rebellion that took place that was dubbed storming the Capitol, right? So on that day, I went, after I learned about it, which you'll learn more about later on in the episode, I had a bit of a mild anxiety attack. Like my breathing was off for about four or five hours. I could not get it together. I even cried a little bit. Like I'll talk about it later, but to calm myself down, I had to make myself a drink. Yes, I did. And I was at my cousin's house and my cousin's not a big drinker, but I looked in her uh, liquor cabinet and I pulled together what I could. And that night I created a drink called A Storm the Capital. Let me tell you what was in it. 
so that you can make it for yourself when you are feeling stressed out about the um, trauma that we have to suffer and deal with uh, living in America. Okay, so a storm the capital is going to have Palmasan, which is a dark liquor. It's also going to have a little Bacardi rum for my ancestors, white Bacardi rum. It's also going to contain some triple sec. I also added uh, some ginger ale and a splash of mango coconut nectar. That was also for my ancestors. But, you know, I really, really enjoyed this beverage. I felt like it was a tribute to my ancestors and the trauma that they endured that helped me to calm down. Ginger ale, of course, ginger ale cures everything in the black community. Bacardi White Rum to honor your ancestors. Palmason, it's a classic brown people drink. And triple sec just for a little bit of uh, a little bit of citrus. You know, I can't really connect that, but I'm sure somebody can. Somebody will figure something out. And uh, mango coconut nectar because for my friends and kin in the Caribbean, I'll say. But anyway, I made that drink and I drank it and it was a little strong because I have a heavy hand. Sis has a heavy hand. OK, so I made that drink. I drank it. And when I tell you that I calmed my nerves down, it did. I felt a lot better. Anyway, go ahead and make yourself a storm the capital ingredients. I've given them to you uh, amounts. Just figure it out. Like, you know what you like. I didn't follow any recipe, unlike I did in the bonus episode with Gina uh, over the holidays. I followed a recipe to the T, but for this, I didn't, probably because I was under extreme duress. So, make yourself a storm in the capital. If you decide to do so, please take a picture of it, post it, send it to me, DM it to me. I want to see it if you do. And um, I'm probably going to make myself another one. Why? Because why not? So for today's jam, I decided to go with, I I was torn because I started to um, do Aretha Franklin's version of Young, Gifted, and Black. I love her version. It's my favorite. And uh, then I thought about it and there's a song that came out. I want to say it came out right before the whole Storm the Capitol incident and it's by a young lady I found it 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 was all over the freaking internet all over the freaking internet by this sister who um she's cute as a button but I believe her name is Aaliyah Aaliyah Sheffield and her name on YouTube and Instagram is Nikki Aaliyah it's either Aaliyah or Aaliyah you know how I am I always give uh, variations of a name because I don't like when people mispronounce my name so I'm not trying to mispronounce anybody else's but she wrote a song She's a singer songwriter and I'm going to post, of course, a link to the song and to her Instagram in the show notes. And I'm even going to post a link to her like Venmo or cash app, because you know what? I believe that people who are creative, uh, they are secret superheroes and she actually saved the world. And I don't even know if she knows that she saved the world, but she definitely saved my world when I heard this song because I could totally relate to it. I always say that I am an alien and that I am not really from this planet. I'm just kind of here because I don't know really why I'm here, but I'm here. And she wrote a song called Earth is Ghetto. And first of all, just judging by the title, we know this to be true. 
Earth is ghetto as shit. And she wrote this song and it's about how like Earth is ghetto. It's just ghetto as hell. And the people are down here treating each other like trash. Um, people are greedy. People are not kind. Basically asking the aliens, like, when you get a chance, can you just come pick me up? I'm going to be standing outside. I'm going to have a bright T-shirt on so you can see me. I'll ride in the back if I need to. I got some gas money. Like, what's up? It's a cute little song. It's a genius, really. And I'm going to play a little snippet of it. Uh, but I really suggest that you go listen to the entire song yourself. Um, subscribe. She has a beautiful voice. Um, like I said, she's adorable. Follow her on Instagram. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. Uh, I believe on her Instagram, she has all her other social media, but I'm also going to post, like I said, her cash app and her Venmo, um, support this lady, support this young lady. She, she's doing it. And like I said, it just blew the internet up and the song is just freaking creative genius. So here is Aaliyah Sheffield with Earth is Ghetto. Earth is ghetto. I want to leave. Can you be me? Up. I'm out on the street by the corner store, you know the one on 15th Got a bright shirt on so I'm easy to see I've been down here stranded indefinitely I can't reach my planet but I need to leave You should see these people, it's hard to believe How they treat each other, it's hard to conceive Oh, earth is ghetto I wanna leave Oh, earth is ghetto I wanna leave Now let's get into the show Hello, friends and Kim. What's up? Today is uh, going to be a good show. Today's show is going to be a little bit different from our typical shows because today we are talking about um, some things that are going on in the news. We're talking a little bit about politics and policies and things of that sort. And my guest today actually is a very good friend of mine. And um, I knew when I started this podcast that I wanted to have him on the show. I just wasn't sure how and what capacity and what we would talk about and this probably won't be the last time that i'll have him on the show but this is the perfect time to have him on the show and i'm going to get into that in a minute i know you guys know that january 6th we had a bit of a not a bit we had a pretty major incident here in the United States. And for my friends and kin who live in other countries, I'm sure you heard about it because I am positive that it made uh, international or global news where uh, Trump supporters uh, stormed the Capitol. That's what they called it. They called it storming the Capitol and they uh, attacked or breached the United States Capitol building. And that is definitely an of treason it was violent because how many people died four five people died so that that it was violent uh people were swinging and hanging off of buildings like wild savage monkeys uh people were standing on the roof um it looked like something from out of uh a horror a political horror book or some kind of book around Armageddon, mm -hmm. you know? It was like that. And so I can't lie. I'm going to be very honest because I'm very vulnerable and open with you guys. The day that it happened, I was 
at work and I was actually doing like um, drop offs to some of the kids at my school that had been doing really good with virtual lear learning. They won like these rock star t-shirts and I dropped them off. I had a really good day. It was nice to see the kids um, in a positive capacity and then because usually I'm calling their parents to tell them that they didn't log on for their virtual learning but it was nice to see them in a positive way and as I was leaving I stopped by my principal's office um, to drop off the van keys and um, he said hey did you you know what's happening right now and I'm like no what are you talking about and he told me and him when he told me I legit had a panic attack. Jesus, Jesus, legit. Jesus. Mm. And I had to sit down in his office and collect myself for about an hour. Like my breathing definitely changed. It was altered. And it took me about four or five hours before I felt like my my breathing pattern was back to normal. Mm. That and it took a really strong drink, which I entitled A Storm the Capital. And I was supposed to make one for my guests. But I didn't because I just didn't. But I'm, I owe you mm -hmm. one. I, I owe you a Storm the Capital. And I'll tell you guys what that is. I might make one when I record the rest of the show. But I had one and it calmed me down. But mm -hmm. when I tell you that my breathing was off, mm -hmm. like it was legit off. I couldn't collect myself. I cried mm -hmm. a little bit at first mm -hmm. because it's one thing for somebody to say it. But when I read it and saw it on CNN News... Sorry, guys. I keep mm. dropping all these things. I, I'm, I, I'm might be getting a little fidgety just yeah, talking just about, thinking it. about it. It's real. It's kind of scary. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not kind of scary. It's, it's scary. scary. It's scary. It's scary. And the reason that it's scary is because the unmitigated gall of those people, of those savage mm -hmm. monkeys. Mm -hmm. It was just too much for me. And I literally shed tears and not like a fallout on the floor cry like somebody commit me to a mental institution. Mm -hmm. But like like I was crying, like water was coming from my eyes. I wasn't sobbing or anything, but I'm mm -hmm. like, shit, this world is fucked up. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking, like, if I lived in another country, don't be grouping me in with that. That's y'all problem. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, you know, I don't blame them because mm -hmm. it is America's problem. Yeah. Right. And so, um, I think that the part of what disturbed me the most was that it was crazy because the leader of the former, thank God for people who voted and I'm not even going to get into the voting thing, but thank God for you guys who came out and voted and shout out to Georgia because Georgia, we owe you guys. We owe Georgia. Everybody Georgia go to mind. Georgia on my mind. Everybody, when this is over, we all gonna go to Georgia. We all gonna go to Georgia. We gonna flood. We gonna boost their tourism industry. Mm -hmm. Savannah, uh, Atlanta, Athens, mm -hmm. Macon, Macon, uh, Augusta. Mm -hmm. We just gonna go down there and just just give them some money. Yes. Because if it had not been for, for Stacey Abrams, mm -hmm. listen, oh she God. is a saint. She, she needs to be on one of those um, candles. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. The candles. She needs to be one. Somebody needs to put her up on an altar because mm -hmm. she saved She saved America. She did. Okay? Um, but I think the thing that was really disturbing to me is that the former leader of this nation, if that's what you even want to call him, incited a riot or like an actual coup based on his ego. It was all, everything he did, it was based it's on his ego. Even. It's all based on him. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? But... Based on his ego and because he was the last one to be picked for 
to play basketball in gym class because mm-hmm. nobody wanted to play with him. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wanted to let him sit at the lunch table. So mm-hmm. now everybody is going to pay. And I'm going to get all of my little minions. Mm-hmm. It's like Eveline and the Wiz. I'm not even mm-hmm. going to make him Eveline and the Wiz because I'm not doing that to that sister. But it's like just, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like anything because it's yes. unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. The unmitigated gall, I love saying that, by the mm-hmm. way, of these savage monkeys. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if I want to call them monkeys because monkeys are really smart. Monkeys are very good. The unmitigated gall of these savage roaches mm. crawling up walls like roaches. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I also don't understand how they call themselves patriots. Like, nothing is patriotic about the shit that they pulled. Mm-hmm. Nothing about it. And he incited this. Mm-hmm. Discovery, go at throttle up. He speaks directly to the feeling of entitlement that his supporters... Uh, 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 they can relate upon to us all the time. Yes, and that they can relate to, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like the message that he sent to them, he told them that he loved them mm-hmm. and that um, go home and don't be violent and um, they're not going to win. And I was just like, dude is a psycho. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a different kind of psycho. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a Hitler kind of psycho. Yeah, he's a full blown yeah. anything. He's a full blown tyrant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he will go, and this is probably what he wants. He's going to go down in history as one of those tyrants, mm-hmm. as the only president to be impeached twice. How do you lose your job? Sir, two can you times? please tell us what okay, happened. I, I'm not even going to lie. I've been fired from a job once. Once. Because guess what? You kick me out. I'm like, I don't want to be here. That's it. We I've been it. kicked out of better places uh, than yeah, this. I don't need this. I don't, I don't need, need this. I don't need this kind of behavior. He got fired again. He got fired twice. Mm-hmm. Within four years. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. not even in two terms. He got impeached twice. twice. You got fired on your way out. And really like the last two years. Like the beginning of his third year and the end of the fourth year. You like got back fired to back. from the same job twice and, and you got fired on your last day. Like, come on, guy. Like, you're the worst. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Uh, that voice that you hear is my guest today. My guest today, his name is uh, Gregory Butler. Gregory mm-hmm. Butler is connected to this conversation because he knows firsthand about the discrepancies in protesting or rebellions or resistance. And I'm so glad and honored that I could have somebody on the show that can speak to that because, you know, we all talk about it and we may have gone to marches. Sis has been to so many marches. I done been marching. Okay. Since I was in my twenties, I've been marching. I don't really want to march no more. That's not my, it's not I my ministry. I'm going to do, I'm going to do some other groundwork. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I, that's not to say that marching is bad or that I have anything against it because mm-hmm. somebody got to march. You know, everybody has a job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not my thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm so glad that I have somebody who can speak to um, being a part of protest and um, rebellion and or uprising in the past Five years, mm-hmm. right? And so, or five and a half in 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 this case. Um, I wanted my, or I wanted you guys to hear firsthand because everybody's marching. Last year was a big protest year mm-hmm. for America. It was a lot happening last year. It was protest after protest. And if you didn't um, go to the protest, you could feel like you were at the protest because so many people were on social media at the protest, which is new for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Part of me kind of takes issue with that, mm-hmm. and I'm trying not to uh, sound or be judgmental in it because it's not 
coming from a place of judgment, but I guess it is. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you just got to own your shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I ain't tripping, though. It's just not, I don't agree with it. Like, if I'm there and, you know, there's an energy when you go and you protest and you march and you are, activism is a, is a mood, mm-hmm. as the millennials say. Mm-hmm. Are you a millennial? Yes. Yes. Or are you a Gen Z? No, I'm a millennial. I'm born in 93. Okay, yeah. He's a baby. I'm old enough to be his mother, and um, he is my son. But anyway, almost he's not thirty years old, uh, and I am almost forty-two. Actually, I just turned forty-one. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted somebody here, or I wanted to have be in conversation with someone who can tell me what it's really like, and not just someone who can tell me what it's like in the field, but th- someone who was directly involved with. Um, there was a direct action. Mm-hmm. And because of that action, there was a reaction. Mm-hmm. And because of that reaction, there was another reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Greg is here today. It's going to be really interesting. Um, before I even like formally let him introduce himself, um, I also want to talk about why I felt the need to do the show. And part of that, like I said, is because I noticed so many people were talking about the whole thing around storming the Capitol and the savage roaches. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Savage roaches. Mm-hmm. It's good to call them that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Savage roaches. It's for my ancestors. But anyway, um, and the first thing that all the black people would say was that over and over, if that was a Black Lives Matter protest or if they were black. And for some reason that annoyed me. Mm-hmm. And not because. How can I say this? It annoyed me because. So before I say why it annoyed me, I understand that it triggered something in black people Uh because it triggered something in me. Clearly, Uh I had a fucking panic attack, Uh but I think I was annoyed because people were just stating the obvious. Uh Like, it's like, okay, Captain Obvious, what new revelations do you have for us today? Uh Okay, of course, we would have felt repercussions a lot differently. Uh They're white. Uh They're white Trump supporters. And it is clear and it has been proven that there are people who work on the inside mm-hmm. that are, were aware of mm-hmm. this happening and who kind of fight on the same side of mm-hmm. the savage roaches. Mm-hmm. So many of whom were uh, off duty police officers. Right, right. Coming from different places where they enforce the law. Dressed down. Dressed down. Coming so, out there veterans. to. Veterans. Not veterans. Veteran cops. 30, 40 year cops. Listen, look, we're not, we're not, we, you and I have had conversations about that, but that's not today. But it's like, duh, of course Mm -hmm. we would be dead. We would, Mm -hmm. we would be so dead. Mm -hmm. It would be like the raid commercials. Mm -hmm. Raid! Mm -hmm. Like we would be so dead. They shoot us for jogging. They shoot us for walking. They shoot us for driving. They shoot us for selling weed. They shoot us for selling loose cigarettes. They even shoot us for just breathing sometimes, right? Um, So, of course, we would be dead. So, that kind of um, annoyed me. And I don't really, maybe I need to talk to my therapist. I swear no episode goes by without me not talking about (laughs) my therapist. But maybe I need to talk to her about it. And actually, I had to talk to her about Mm -hmm. it because it happened on a Wednesday and my therapy appointments are on Thursday. On Thursday, me and her had a long talk about this storm the cap. Yeah, Yeah. I had to talk to her about it because I'm like, wait a minute, I had a panic attack. So, um, I wanted to talk about this, but I wasn't sure how. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to have my son on the show. He's Mm -hmm. literally not my son in real life, guys. It's just like an expression that the kids use. Oh, you my son. 
He my son. Mm. He wants to be like me, but not in a girl way. Hands down. Not in a girl way, though. No, not in a girl way. <laughs> um, so I really wanted, like I said, a firsthand account of what it's like to be black and to be dead smack in the middle of civil unrest. And that is why Greg is here. Before... Um, I get into that. I want to just go over a few definitions for you. A riot. A riot, which is a noun. All of these words are nouns. A riot is a violent disturbance of the peace by a crowd. A coup is a sudden, violent, and illegal seizure of power from a government. A protest is an organized public demonstration expressing strong objection to an official policy and or course of action. A rebellion is an act of violent or open resistance to an established government or ruler and an uprising is an act of resistance or rebellion, AKA a revolt. So my good friend, uh, Greg is here. Um, he's going to talk about his experience during the Freddie Gray riots or the Freddie Gray uprising everywhere. I, I looked, um, in 2015, when this happened, they called it an uprising. And after reading those definitions, you know why they called it an uprising. Um, it was not really, I mean, there was some violence there, of course, but um, it wasn't like, they didn't talk about it a lot in the news because it wasn't an extremely violent um, form of rebellion. There weren't, I don't believe there were any deaths, were there? Uh, no, no. No, deaths. someone was, was hurt, but there were no um, major violent acts inflicted upon civilians, right? Uh, no. Okay. Um, but some civilians were beaten. Um, some were accosted by law enforcement, but most of the demonstrations or most of basically the wilding out was done by the citizens of Baltimore city and rightfully so. Uh, Uh, the people of Baltimore city were enraged behind, uh, the brutal and quite disgusting execution of Freddie Gray. Freddie Gray was a 25 year old, beautiful black man. His past doesn't really matter to me because uh, past shouldn't matter because we all have a past and his past shouldn't matter to anybody. Uh, I have a past. I don't want anybody to beat me and kill me because of my past, Uh -uh. because some of the things that I've done in my past, according to law, Uh are illegal. Uh According to um, religious beliefs, the the major religions, Uh they go against them. And in some countries, I would be stoned. Uh (laughs) Listen. In some countries, I would definitely be stoned in the square mm-hmm. for some of the things that I've done. Um, and we all have a past that we don't really want to talk about it. But imagine like being executed for the things that you've done in your past. Like sit with that for just a second. So my guest today, as I said, his name is Gregory. And Gregory, I want you to tell the people who you are. I want you to tell them why you're here and tell them uh, how you are connected to the uprising that took place on April 27th, 2015. But before you do, I want you to tell them, what is your favorite drink? What's your favorite thing to drink? It doesn't have to be an alcoholic beverage. Mm-hmm. But if it is an alcoholic beverage, that's okay. Okay. Well, um, during the pandemic, I've become uh, fond of beer. So I like beer. to drink. Yeah, I've nev- I never drank beer. But I've become a beer guy during the pandemic. Uh, I like Stella Artois. I, I'm a, see, I, I told you. He's my son. I love Stella I'm Artois. You, but as far as my drink, drink, uh, of course, I'm a Henny guy. Me, okay. No rocks. Uh, Ooh, just no warm chaser. rock. Just warm, warm Hennessy. Straight. Straight okay. The way it's supposed to be. That puts hair on your chest. It does. It's a man's drink. Oh. It's a man's drink. It's a man's drink. <laughs> you know, that's, that's... Here's what you need to know about Gregory. And he's not going to like this. Gregory has one of the most beautiful faces I've ever seen in my life. If, if 
He shaved all of the three pieces of facial hair off of his face. He could totally um, do drag because Listen, he has soft, she beautiful said eyes. I, she could have said I look, I, I look like a girl, but she going to say I, I could have did drag. Well, because you, there, sometimes there are really ugly drag queens. You would be a very pretty drag queen. You actually look like this chick that I know. Um, like a lot like her. The disrespect is through the roof. No, she's not ugly. If she was <laughs> I'm ugly, that would, I'm not about how well I'm a looking drag. That's a lot for me to process right now. <laughs> I think you are. I'm just saying that you are a beautiful black man. That's all I'm saying. And no, I'm not for um, getting fresh with him. He's literally like my little brother or like my nephew, she just like my son. Me that I have some it's not effeminate like that. features. Yeah, I have more body hair than him. <laughs> Facts, and that's all facts. That's a fact. That's I definitely have more hair that's on my arms and legs than he does, and we know this because in the summertime, I saw his legs. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't have a lot of body hair. No, there's nothing I can do about it. Nope. Okay. Actually, you know what's you wrong with it? Truth out here. Yep. Speaking lip. of truth, uh, my name is Greg Butler. I am a lifelong resident of Baltimore, born and raised East Baltimore. Um, I am a uh, activist. I'm an advocate. I'm a mentor. Uh, aspiring educator and all-around rebel. All-around um, rebel. I push a I push a, a firm line here in the city, and um, I take I, I, I take a lot of pride in it. Um, the riots. Oh, excuse me. I hate and I hate saying riots because it wasn't a riot, but it sits so hard in your mind because yeah. of the media and all the media stuff. social conditioning. Uh, and, and again, a, a person like myself who was there and present before it had a name, you know, I even find myself sometimes falling into the repetitive nature of just parroting the things that you hear um, from media, from radio, uh, and in print. Um, but having said that, where I stand now is the understanding of. Uh, our actions that they were a rebellion. Uh, we rebelled against the hateful and violent acts that a lot of us live with, specifically uh, the young black men in the city. We rebelled against the idea that people can kill us with impunity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, that was something that we took up, that issue in 2015. And and this is this is at a point where, you know, we we were really introduced to the very public execution of black people by police officers on a regular basis. On a regular, because that's the key. Yeah, on a regular, on a regular basis. We've seen it. This is coming from. I know for me, not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. I know for me, the first one that I think can think of that like really sits in my chest is Amadou Diallo. Mm, okay. Okay. I remember when that happened, and I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some years went by. Before we saw anything um, like that. And not a lot of years, I don't think. And don't quote me on this. I could be wrong, people. Please don't send by uh, your radio or whatever. Radio tape player box, right? Sorry. That was from a song. Um, Saying, oh, she's wrong. Because I could be wrong. Okay. Oh, well, I'm wrong. But for me, that is the one that sticks out. And then there was another one in New York. I can't remember his name. Lamar Aubrey. No, that was in Georgia. Oh, you're talking about... Um, no, I'm talking about a long time ago. This was like the late 90s, early oh, no, 2000s. No, no. You sure. were like seven, please. Have several seats, little boy. I know. I know you're talking about, though. I'm yeah, and, and then it seems like then it would be one hitting the news like every year to two mm-hmm. years. And then it was just like boom, 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 literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. It was just like happening, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think that... It was just, it's a buildup. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like a boil. Like America, I always say that America, America is a boil, mm -hmm. and like um, you know, boils. I've never had a boil. Maybe I have, but um, they go away, and sometimes they come back and sometimes they come back in the same spot mm -hmm. or sometimes they may come back somewhere else like a boil or mm -hmm. a wart but i mm -hmm. fashion it to a boil because a boil is going to erupt mm -hmm. and if it doesn't then you have to go get it lanced or you have to go mm -hmm. get it cut open mm -hmm. and then if any of you have ever watched that show dr pimple popper which is oh. fucking disgusting um all of the yuck that comes out mm -hmm. of it like that's what we're dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. That was the uprising. That was the riots when Mike Brown died. The riots when Rodney King was beaten. Mm -hmm. Like that is the boil. That's the yuck that comes out of the boil. Mm -hmm. And that yuck is that yuck is the truth. The truth is, this country has no plan for us. Has no desire to make sure Who that is us? black people. Okay. This country's power structure has no serious plan to bring us into um a point of equality. I was gonna say they got a plan um, for us now. That's what I'm saying. They don't have they don't have any serious plan to remedy the things that we still suffer from. Yeah. Our economic problems, uh the, the problems in the healthcare system, the problems in our schools. They don't have any All serious issues. Uh, everything that comes down the pipe, which we end up experiencing, you know, when when white people when white people get sick, uh, white people get a cold, black people get the flu. Yeah, that's um, funny. That that idea, it's a lot to it's a lot to process at 21 years old, um, trying to figure out who you are going to be in this world. What what road should I take? Uh, what where are my morals? What do yeah. I believe in? Mm -hmm. When you when you going through the process of trying of trying to establish yourself as an adult, and the first thing you see is that there's really no space for you here. Right. It's super uncomfortable. Uh, okay. And for a person like me, it is it, it is hard to ignore, uh, ignore every day. Okay. It's hard to ignore the fact that I may have been harassed on my way to work. Mm -hmm. It's hard to ignore the fact that I am super paranoid when police get behind me. Mm. Right? And you know what? It's funny. Uh, I I can't say that I've ever experienced some of the things that Greg are going to talk about. Greg will tell us about today. Um, but. As a black woman, I just I get super paranoid mm -hmm. when a police officer is behind me, beside me, in front of me. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me get it together. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay. Anywhere so, in my anywhere the anywhere if in I my see immediate... the car, <laughs> if I see the car, I'm like, oh yeah. shit, it's the cops. Mm -hmm. Because you literally never, you, you don't just know. don't know. You don't and know. I remember, like at the height, of, I remember when Trayvon Martin happened. I was so afraid for my brother. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm about to cry now. I was so afraid mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Because, like, sometimes people get um, inspired, if you will, by things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, God, like, just cover all the mm -hmm. black men. It's a lot to walk boys. around with everything. It day. is. And I think that um, when I talk about it, I'm going to go over or just discuss a little bit how uh, Freddie Gray was murdered or executed. There's no other way to say it other than to say that this man was executed mm -hmm. because he was. It was. It was. It was definitely intentional. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they they figured that it would uh, be fatal, mm -hmm. but I don't really think that they cared mm -mm. because. Also, I don't think that this was their first rodeo, no. but this is probably the first rodeo that ended in a fatality. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the reality is it, it was your intent to harm him. Yes. Whether your intent was to kill him or not, your intent was to harm your him. Intentions. And you did that. 
and you did not, not you did that with and there's no coming back from it Mm-mm. and um unfortunately there was no real repercussions for that. No. So, uh, Freddie Gray was 25. Like I said, he's from uh, West Baltimore. He was from the heart of West Baltimore. He was from Gilmore Homes, which mm-hmm. is a project, um, a housing project in West Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And not very far from some of the like um, very famous places and historical spots in Baltimore, especially for black people. Like mm-hmm. Pennsylvania Avenue was a big thing in Baltimore. We had the mm-hmm. Royal Theater. Mm-hmm. I would hear my grandparents and my great uncles and aunts talk about how they to used the to go see go to the Royal to go see Billy Holiday and mm-hmm. Cap Calloway and um you know, Ella Fitzgerald, all those people. Mm-hmm. And this was like two minutes away from there. Mm-hmm. Like very, very close mm-hmm. from a, a very booming area for black people. And um that's where he was from and like i said his past need not be discussed because it really doesn't fucking matter to me no anyway the police uh were chasing him Mm -hmm. right because they were trying to cost him for whatever Mm -hmm. i don't even know what they were trying to get him for i don't really give a shit Mm -hmm. right i don't care if he set a cat's tail on fire Mm -hmm. you know um but for whatever reason they were chasing or flag or a flag. Because or- the reality is we have a process to deal with criminals. It is not the police job to enforce law on the side of the road. No. That and that and you know what? That's the problem. That it's is not the about problem. breaking law. I could do whatever I want to do. The process is you are supposed as a police officer is supposed to take me to the authorities where we can now discuss what laws I've broken and what right. uh, what are the penalties for that? It is not your job That's to your punish job. me on the side of the road. It is your job to accost me. To, to take me to to find me, mm-hmm. or to, it's your job to identify the crime, mm-hmm. to report that information. Report the information, mm-hmm. and if you have the person, take them into the station mm-hmm. so that the the due processes mm-hmm. can take place. Yeah, I'm supposed it's to be not, in the custody of the state. I'm not in your personal. No, custody. you and your homies, yeah, like you and no. your homies, because you know what that makes me feel like. It's a, it's gang. a gang. It totally gang. makes me feel like, and this is not a show to bash police officers because I don't believe that all police officers are bad. I do not. I do not come from that um, train of thought that um, I always make fun of people and say people hate the police till they need the police. Mm-hmm. And then it's like if somebody kills your brother and then it's like, oh, oh, I need the police. I need the police. But if mm-hmm. somebody kills somebody else's brother, it's like, oh, don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. We don't Snitching. fool with the police. Don't snitch. Mm-hmm. But. I am talking about bad police, mm-hmm. right? So they were chasing him. They caught him in an alley. Mm-hmm. He's screaming in the alley. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, he ran into this alley. Mm-hmm. He ran. He's mm-hmm. 25. He's a 25-year-old black man, mm-hmm. right? So we can assume... Able-bodied. Able-bodied. So we can assume certain things about him. If you if you Google him, you can see his build. And that's not to say that big people can't run, because uh-uh. I'm big and I can run a little bit till my asthma kicks in. Mm-hmm. But, like, he was a, a medium-build medium guy. Um, so he ran. He's running. Mm-hmm. And if you're running from the police, like, you can run a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they ain't catch you within mm-hmm. five seconds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he was able to run in the alley. They caught them. Caught him. It was more than one police officer, mm-hmm. right? It was how many? It was a few. Maybe like uh, five or anywhere six. Anywhere from five to seven. Five to seven police officers. Why it would needed to be so many for one person, I don't know, but that's none of my business. So they go in the alley. Whatever happens in the alley happens in the alley. The next thing you know, you can see it on video. They are dragging him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see a, a picture where his legs are not functioning. Yeah, they, yeah. They're loot. They're like linguine, cooked linguine mm-hmm. noodles under his body. 
He like ran in the alley. When he came out, he was fully immobilized. Yeah. He he, he was like limp. Mm-hmm. So they drag him to a paddy wagon or uh, a, j- a jail van. bus or police train. Greg has all the technical um, <laughs> terms. Don't be coming on my show trying to police transport van. I know I said a damn paddy wagon. God damn it. It's a paddy wagon. So they take him to the police transport van Mm -hmm. and they put him in the back of the police transport van. Mm -hmm. And there they took him on what's called a rough ride. Mm -hmm. So, Greg, explain to the people what the back, because I ain't never been in the back of no paddy wagon. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Uh, If you could imagine any um, full size uh, work van, uh, 16 passenger van. a lot of you know the common uh e350 vans that we see uh in home improvement and all kind of blue collar commercial work mm-hmm. in the back in the cab uh uh the back cab of the van they modify it so it's you know so that you, so that it's not um totally open okay. down the center from moving to the from the front to the back there's a uh, big metal median kind of uh perforated holes so you know for to promote air and whatever conversation between the two sides mm-hmm. but it's uh essentially a solid wall going down the center separating the van into two different sides on both sides left and right there are metal seats three seats um almost on a metal bench but there are kind of like some dividers there uh coming up out of the the bench to you know separate the seats and then you have seat belts okay everything's metal everything is uh, either bolted Okay. to something or welded to something. Okay. There is nothing in the, in the back of that van that can be manipulated or stripped away from the structure The structure as of is. the van. And um, you told me before that in between the three seats on each side, there's a big piece of like plexiglass or something? What's the well, separator? No, that, that, that divider that down divider. the that, that, uh, that median okay. down the center. That is, that's metal. Oh, it's that's metal. Not that's nothing in the back of that. See, I'm just imagining Mm -hmm. in my my mind. The only thing that is not made of metal in the back of that transport van is the actual seatbelt that... The felt, the the, fabric. The the, the fabric of the seatbelt that uh, straps you in. Everything Everything else else is metal. metal. So what a rough ride is, is being in the back of that uh, van. And if you could imagine that median, uh, I'm I'm six foot. So if I was seated in the back of that van with my hands behind my back, my knees would be touching the median. The metal. The, the, uh, yeah, the divider between uh, left and right sides. Okay. So as from that point, you really only see it's maybe less than three feet from the back of from the side of the van to the median. Okay. So there's not a lot of space it's for me to move side by side or in in any direction. But there is space to move around to okay. some degree. So a rough ride is being in you know uh, uh, locked in that uh, in that back area, mm-hmm. unrestrained, and then. Uh, being driven around in a very reckless and uh, malicious manner. Right. So slamming, you know, going 40, 50 miles an hour and then slamming, slamming on the brakes. brakes. Uh, hitting crazy. Corners uh, real hard. Crazy, hit, running over the curb. Yeah. Um, and, and Baltimore is, is known for having. Um, potholes McGee. Not even potholes. Oh, I'm talking say. about the speed bumps. Oh, yeah. You know, going down a road that is, you know, fully Ooh. lined with, yeah. with speed bumps and, and then, hitting and them hard every time. Listen, I have been driving. And a speed bump got away from me. And, and could I you imagine? And, yeah. like, and this why? is you driving in a car, yeah. in a comfortable seat, and yeah. probably cloth, strapped in, fully unrestricted, right. but 
the the motion of hitting a bump Especially at a high speed, speed. Yeah. you'll hit your head on the ceiling. Yeah, you'll bounce around. All the items in your car is coming up. Yeah. So imagine being unrestricted, handcuffed, handcuffed, and surrounded so by metal. So you can't even. He can't even brace himself. You can't brace so, yourself. So, and and I'm so glad that Greg is here to like paint this picture because I want you to understand. Who knows how long they drove him around? Mm-hmm. But I wanted you to visually be able to, um, like, be be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted you to be able to see, like, I don't know how tall he was, but um, how tall would they ha- did they say he? About five ten. Okay, Freddy's so about he's five, about five ten. So about my height. Okay, you just said you were six feet. Yeah, five ten is about six foot. No, bro. Depending on the haircut. So are you five ten or six foot? Because I'm five eleven. Okay, I'm eleven sixteenths. I'm a footer. I come from. So I'm six foot tall, man. You're five. We're gonna leave it there. Okay, whatever you say. You want so, some ID? No, I don't. Okay. I don't need to see your ID. So he's five foot ten, and they're driving him around. Remember, his legs are already not functioning. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just say this: they drove him around for however long, doing whatever, and and and. I have a hard time talking about it because I am extremely visual and I have the imagination of like a four-year-old only child because mm-hmm. I was an only child. And when I think about the way he died, he died from a, a, a spinal cord injury, mm-hmm. uh, 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 a severed, a severed, spinal, a severed cord. spinal cord. Could you imagine? Like, I, I can't even. And so they took him to... Uh, Wherever they took him to be booked, central booking, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And they had to immediately take him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And when they got him to the hospital, they had to put him in ICU where mm-hmm. he spent uh, about a week. Approximately a week. About a week. And then he passed, he passed away. Mm-hmm. And that is disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the unfortunate part is that just like. I would venture to say all of the deaths of black people by the hands of law enforcement. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are. I don't. I don't even know if there is one mm-hmm. where um, the uh, officers have been acquitted. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are any. Do you know of any? Ha- uh, of, of uh, acquitted and sentenced to time. You mean you mean convicted and sentenced? Convicted. Because you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know a lot about going to jail. Because sis is never <laughs> going to jail. Never. <laughs> never. It's not for me. Um. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, You're not sure, sure about how many have actually uh, been convicted and served time. I know there's one guy that I believe out in Detroit um, that was convicted, um, but nowhere near the numbers that. Yeah, we yeah. Nowhere listen, near the. We talking numbers, Sam. Yeah. I don't know who said that. Either a is rapper it, or. Is it possible for one? Yeah, yeah, but nowhere close. Not five. Mm-mm. It hasn't been five. No. And when you think about the deaths, there's so many deaths that go, you know, un- unacknowledged mm-hmm. or unknown mm-hmm. that I found about, out about last year. Because mm-hmm. you know about the ones that make it to TV, the Trayvon mm-hmm. Martins, the Mike Browns, the Amadou Diallos, the um, Freddie Grays, mm-hmm. the Philando Castiles. We know about the those. The Sandra Blands. The Sandra Blands, mm-hmm. yes. All of those, we know about them. Mm-hmm. But all the ones we don't know about, like it's hundreds. The Tyrone Wests. See, I don't know Tyrone West. Tyrone West was killed by the police in Baltimore in 2013. Tyrone West was killed by the uh, police in Baltimore in the old York neighborhood, uh, just just one neighborhood above mine. Uh, Greenmount um, is my neighborhood, and then it's uh, old York headed up towards uh, North Baltimore. Just some direction for people who might be familiar with Baltimore. Okay. 
But well, Baltimoreans um, do listen to my show. They're the largest. Go. They are my largest population. So they know Shout that. out to Baltimore and its surrounding counties. Shout out to you guys for supporting me. I will not. I will never forget that. I will not be like Oprah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Shout out to the city, man. Yeah. And the um, county, because don't yeah, the, the county, county listens. The county. Don't do that. I ain't mad at them. Creek boys and all of them. We all we, we all got it. We all a family. But um, uh, Tyrone West was killed by the police in 2013, two years before Freddie. Mm-hmm. Right? And a big, uh, his sister, which I'm about to butcher her name, uh, so I won't. His sister was a huge advocate for him. Uh, you know, uh, making sure people didn't forget his name, making sure that the, uh, the police department uh, wasn't able to wash it under the rug. Mm-hmm. And when Freddie passed, um, it resurfaced. Yeah, the, she was the you know his 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 death uh, resurfaced in the news, and more importantly, Freddie's mom and his family yeah. were able to tap directly into the network that she had built Good. the two years before, and that um and honestly the strength of having somebody that already been yeah been there, gone through that. it, and you know Let it was game. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It was game to help you get what you needed and make sure your voice was heard. Right. So um, that was huge for me uh, because in the city, man, some of the things that you see from the police. When I was 19, I came home from college. Uh, me and my brother had a uh, 1999 Benz Coupe. Oh, right. Balling. See, okay. When I was 19, I didn't have a car. I didn't get a car until I was 22. And it was uh, a 1986 model vehicle. Okay? okay. Yeah. No, but I was 22 in 2001. Okay. Yeah. So I had an 86 in. Well, that's proportionate. Yeah, but that's it's not. It is. Because it was, uh, I was, this was 2014. I had a 99. Yeah. Okay. All right. I the only thing that's special about it was a Benz. It was nice. It was clean. Mine was not a Benz. No, we, okay. We Sorry, had we had a nice little car. I digress. You know, we had uh, and you had to share it. I didn't have to share my car. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So okay, all right. You see, I, I leveled it out here. Yeah, you feel better about it's yourself balanced. now. I do. Okay. Sorry. So I'm riding in this Benz, right? Yeah. 19 years old. Uh, mirror tints on it. Oh. We got it. It's looking nice, right? Yeah. And uh, I used to get pulled over when I came from when I came home from college from Howard County. Mm-hmm. I get pulled over the second I pull into the neighborhood, literally every time. Mm-hmm. And one time that really sticks out to me, uh, uh, best friend, long time uh, best friend, lived across the street. She's a girl, graduated with me from Poly. And her and her homegirl uh, got in a car with me, and we are headed to West Baltimore to my, my brother's house. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to the bottom of my block and make a right. And, at the, and as I make the right, I'm pulled over by three police cars, dragged out the car, searched. First thing they do when they come to the cars, where's the weed at? Talk to you super crazy. Get out the car. Make the girl stand over here. And, you know, I'm sitting. I'm the sitting first on the thing curb. they ask you is where the weed at? Yeah, as soon as you put the window where down, the where the weed, weed at? at? They playing. You That's know what crazy. I'm saying? Like, they, they have That's this. Crazy. They, it is. It, the, the culture of drugs uh, in Baltimore is real. But the way that the police uh, police um, the community, specifically the young black men, it, 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 is, it is totally unbefitting. Uh, of, of of a citizen, mm. you understand when I when when this guy when these five police officers dragged me out of the car and made me sit on the curb, seat out handcuffed behind my back. I've done nothing wrong at this time. Right. Um. They don't have a a a, a, a traffic violation that they stopped me for. They just stopped me because you, that can't happen to you. It's like just stop. Yeah. So when and they pulled over, and I had a luxury vehicle. Hence the point. Ago. When yeah. So when I got out of the car. And I asked him, I said, uh, so why did you stop me? 
the white the uh, white police officer turned to me, veteran guy, definitely in his fifties, looked me right in my face and said, "We don't like Mercedes around here." Oh wow. I would later find out two years later that the Baltimore stationery company that was right down the block mm -hmm. was really Baltimore City Internal Affairs. Oh, wow. And that is the building that I should have went to to report this gentleman and that harassment. That is where I really understood how, how much of a divide there is between the community and the police. Right. I literally lived two blocks away from police uh, uh, um, internal affairs and didn't know it. My dad didn't know it. 98% of the community didn't know it. Right. All right. So that set a tone uh, as I grew, uh, as I became more mature in the city, it set a tone for how I would have to move around my neighborhood. OK. So uh, if I if it's something was close, I got to walk because it doesn't justify me getting into that car. Yeah. And bringing the attention. Yeah. You know what you, I mean? 45 minutes your, on the side of the your road. Battles. You got to pick your Whereas battles. Whereas if you are a young white man and you, you have a not. Mercedes, you don't have to. You do not have to pick your battles. And unfortunately, in a city like Baltimore, where. Um, you know, it's a pretty mixed city. It's a predominantly mm -hmm. black city, but we have, you know, um, my brother's from the county. His uh, uh, the, the guy that I called my brother that we shared a car with. His dad gave us that car. His dad but, was a six figure. He that dad had earned six figures, was college educated, and all of that stuff. That doesn't matter. That that means. But nothing. what I mean is, it doesn't justify the fact that I'm 19 in the bins and you think that I'm selling drugs. So, but what I'm what I was trying to say is that in this city, I, I would. Stand out on a, on a limb and say that even the um, underserved white community, mm -hmm. um, the young white men who live here that are from the hood, mm -hmm. they may, I, I don't really believe that they have to experience the same no, thing. I know they don't. No, they don't. Um, I want you to tell the people about. Um, your connection to the Freddie Gray uprising. I want you to tell them first, tell us um, like what was the pulse in the city when he died? He died like maybe a couple weeks before mm -hmm. the uprising, about right? nine days, nine days before the uprising. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the pulse in the city then. Um, you could feel it. You could feel the, you could feel the, the generational divide in the city. Mm hmm. Um, I've always been someone who respected their elders, mm -hmm. valued their elders, and looked forward to getting um, some type of guidance and direction from the elders. Mm -hmm. But I'm still a young guy, and that's my, you know, these are my peers. So being in that space and hearing both sides, I kind of, I, I had a, a real uh, clear notion of uh, what would happen if we got the opportunity to demonstrate mm -hmm. um the, the older generation they very, wasn't having it not having it very uh, uh some scared some timid mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them just wanted it to be over well rightfully so because rightfully a lot so, of them lived they, they know Crow. they know yeah you know what i mean and and they've got to the point of establishment right mm -hmm. where you start you know finding your way finding a way to get something out of this world and hold on to it, whether it's your home and, and, and your identity as a professional, whatever it is, a lot of people aren't willing to risk that. Right. Right, especially once you get fully established. But the young people don't have that. No. And we signing up for a world that is cruel and unjust towards us. Mm -hmm. And I'd be remiss if, if I didn't say, because I am a, a 90s baby, uh, and we do, to some degree, understand our history. Um, we are not the people to just be pushed around, robbed, accosted, beat up, and killed on the side of the road. 
Okay. Um, that is a notion that a lot of the people in my age bracket is totally outside of us, uh, of, of being passive, of being um, those the kind of meek. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the kind of the, meek. The, yeah, the meek. Yeah, the, the meek passive. Um, are you saying that the generations before you are meek and passive? No, oh. but I mean, but it is the common notion of of the the kind of black people that white people like, right? Okay. So the that that I, we 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 stand totally in opposition to that. Okay. We don't. So we just are, to let you know, uh-huh. my dear Gregory, uh-huh. um, that is something like that's not a that's not new. It's not to us because we, here's the thing about us: like that was all up and through like our culture, uh-huh. like for my age group coming uh-huh. up, like it was in our rap songs, uh-huh. it was in our R and B songs, was. it was in our clothing, uh-huh. it was in our hairstyles. Uh-huh. So it was all that was what we were all about. Uh-huh. We were marching, um, like, and I say that not to discredit millennials because uh-huh. I respect millennials for saying, you know, like fuck this, we ain't having uh-huh. it. No, 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 definitely. I think that each generation does it a little bit different, but. I have to say that I think that, um, like, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, not, no, new. again, and let me rephrase like, that. If, like, if, up, if, like the, the Freddie Gray uprising, it reminds me of, you weren't even born yet, but two months before I moved to California, before right, I moved to Compton, California, mm-hmm. the L.A. riots happened. Mm-hmm. And they were riots mm-hmm. because. People died. That's they beat, I will days. never forget when they beat Reginald Denning up. They, he was at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. He was a truck driver. He was a white truck driver. Mm-hmm. He was not bothering anybody. Mm-mm. I don't know if he said anything, but more than likely, based on where the, this took place, mm-hmm. he probably was sitting at the light quiet, mm-hmm. um, quietly. They pulled him out of an 18-wheeler, mm-hmm. meaning they had to climb up, mm-hmm. take him out and beat him and bust a brick over his... like. So mm-hmm. it's nothing new. Mm-hmm. When the boil pops, the boil pops. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then there were riots in Watts in the 70s mm-hmm. or the late 60s, riots in the 50s and 60s. Like, this is what we do mm-hmm. when the boil pops. Mm-hmm. So I think that we are in a period of the boil popping. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a long period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. But uh, as a millennial, uh, I've, uh, I have to lean towards more of an aggressive principle that we live by because of us being second generation after you guys, right? Okay. So everything, if it, you know, once you start moving along that line, there's no stopping it. So the energy that came out of the 60s was followed directly by the energy that came out of the, in the 70s mm-hmm. and so forth and so forth. Yeah. But when you get to 93, mm-hmm. when I was born, I was the kids that they were talking about for the 94 crime bill who would be committing crimes 15 years, the super predators that yes. they were building yep. us up to be. Uh-huh. Right? I come from the generation of lead babies. Yeah. I come from the generation of crack babies. Yeah. Right? Well, so you get, y'all too. get crack, and we, but we get the lead babies as well. Yeah. So that kind of, that kind of mentality and just the, that bleak outlook on life mm-hmm. coupled with this new information of someone trying to hold you back. Mm-hmm. really leaves us in a point of nowhere to go but forward. We are, many of us are prepared to die in ways that others haven't been. Not to say we don't See, come I from totally a, we don't disagree. come from a, 
So I'm going to tell you why I disagree. I, uh-huh. And I think that for you, it is a very... And I also understand, for those of you who are listening, we still haven't really talked about who Greg is. But uh-huh. it's okay. We're getting to that. Uh-huh. I think that for someone like you who has been in inside of the belly of the beast, uh-huh. like... Excuse my vision a little bit. Yeah. And like you look at it like... Um, we like, I mean, here's a perfect example. I don't know who sang this song. It's a white rock band. We're not going to take it. We're Uh not going to take it. Uh Everybody feels that way. Uh So I understand why you feel that way. Uh Just, I just want to be clear. It's more so for my audience. I want to be clear and, and just say that like, I recognize that this is not something new. It's something uh-huh. new for millennials because they are living in it now. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. y'all are going through it right now. Uh-huh. Whereas like the eighties, the night, like it's not uh-huh. really new for us. It's, Cause it's like, here we go with this shit again. Yeah. Oh, remember when this shit happened in 92? Uh-huh. Oh, remember when it happened in 96? Uh-huh. Oh, remember when, you know what uh-huh. I mean? So this is you guys' like first round, uh-huh. which I get. I get it. Mm-hmm. Now, but yeah. before let's before we get too sidetracked, I want you to talk about you, um, a week, the week, the weekend, the, prior. Week, the weekend okay. before the rebellion. Yes, um, the rebellion, the uprising. The weekend before the uprising was mm-hmm. a horrible weekend for me. Um, one of the worst uh, four day stretches in my life. Um, that Friday, I lost uh, a, a really important person in my life. One of the leaders that, one of the elders that I would I spoke to you about. She was Miss um, Stokes. Man, she was a true beacon of light for me. She was everything that I respected about Black culture. She was so well traveled, uh, unapologetically Black. She was, you know, healthy. Uh, you know, everything I desire to be. And from from the neighborhood and the family situation that I grew up in, I, 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 I didn't have a lot of proximity to people like that. Okay. To black, established intellectuals, professionals. Um, that's really not my, uh, that wasn't my home life. Okay. Um, so she passed on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a, 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 a battle with cancer that, you know, she um, lost. Uh, I spent a lot of time with her daughter that day, uh, but I was also planning on going out of town that day. Um, I was supposed to, you know, I was still in college. Uh, I was going down to Virginia for College Beach Week. Mm. Uh, went down that there. Hun- like Freaknik or something. It was cool. It okay. was, you know, it wasn't too freaky. Uh, not as freaky as some would like, but oh well. You know, There's we had that. a good time. Okay. Neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, you know, we get down to Virginia, and a young man is murdered that night. He shot in Virginia. In Virginia. Holy crap! Um, He shot that night. Um, It changes, of course. It changes the the climate and the energy around the weekend. Right. Saturday comes. The next day, it's a really, really rainy day. Mm -hmm. Um, We're outside. You know, I even did an interview with a news channel down in Virginia. And uh, by the time I made it back to the hotel room, I made it there just in time to see, uh, you know, the people down in. in the city, uh, rebelling down in front of uh, Oriole Stadium on Saturday. Okay. At the time, my little sister was working at Oriole Stadium. So I was super concerned because I knew that they had shut the buses down and she had no way. And I'm, I think I'm, I'm 21 at the time. So she's 20 years old, 19. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she has no way to get out of downtown, out through that madness. Um, and I'm, you know, five hours away. 
So, you know, that took a lot out of me. Um, loving my city, it was hard to watch them express their pain and battle with uh, some of the other uh, uh, citizens of Baltimore and the police without me being present. Okay. Sunday comes around, we leave. I get back to the city and um, maybe it's about, it's, it's in the evening time, uh, maybe seven, eight o'clock at night when I get back to my neighborhood. And I show up there in time to find out one of my really, really good friends, his father had been killed. 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 By... Um, he, he had been shot. Okay. He had been shot. He, he, he died in a violent manner. Mm-hmm. Um, not by the police. Not by the police. Okay. But um, there was, there was this, I felt like it was a dark cloud over me at that point in time. Yeah. Everywhere I was going, death was beating me there. Um, and it was a lot to deal with that night. My friend had just had his baby. Uh, two months old and he lost his dad you know so mm. we sat out there and we uh, you know we we we, we um, comforted him the best way that you know 21 year old boy knows how to is going to the bar getting a Hennessy right. and you know just sitting outside and talking about it and I probably stayed outside with him till about 2 or 3 in the morning and uh, then and then I went home and um, that night uh, during this point in my time I was um uh, Doing a lot of research, a lot of black history uh, research, understanding more about black Baltimore. Um, as much as I could fill myself with, um, at that point in time, my nights were just about studying. And I went home and, you know, did about an hour, 30 or so of studying. And that's when I realized I, um, I found out that uh, Baltimore recorded its highest uh, number of murders the year I was born in 1993, okay. 393 murders. Ooh. And, um, you know, it, it, it made me feel, uh, for, that, for that first moment, I truly felt a part of this city. Okay. Um, Monday comes around. I go outside, you know, probably slept in from drinking. I think I got up at like maybe noon, mm-hmm. uh, 21 year old stuff. And I get up and I see, you know, uh, by the time I leave the house, it's about three. Okay. And this is when things are starting to jump off over in Mondarmin. Uh, I see things on the news. I talk to my next door neighbor and cousin and longtime friend of Freddie Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he, he had his spill. He was concerned, but he was also older mm-hmm. and his concern was now me. Okay. And the last thing he told me, boy, take your ass in the house. Don't you go over there. So, of course, I don't listen. That went in one ear and, and right out the, out, the out the other. So I walk up to the basketball to court. Do what? I walked up to the basketball court and um, that's that, that's that has been my safe haven the entire time um, growing up in the city. Uh, three in the afternoon, three in the morning. If I got to get something off my mind, I will be at that basketball court. Mm-hmm. Um, hands down, save save my life. I got there, and from this perch of where the, this basketball sits, you can see the skyline and the city line, uh, the city skyline of West Baltimore, mm-hmm. and I could see the smoke coming straight up. Oh wow! I could see the helicopters circling, circling. the smoke, mm-hmm. and at that moment, I knew uh, basketball wasn't going to bring me no peace. I had to go be where it was at. I had to go make my presence felt. I had to feel it was calling my name. Mm -hmm. So I did what I, uh, uh, you know, I did what I was supposed to do. I went to the neighborhood first and tried to get the guys Mm -hmm. and nobody was willing to go with me. Listen. None of the homeboys wanted wanted to go with me. (laughs) That's because they probably listened to their grandmothers. They listened to their cousins and their grandmothers. 
But and they aunties, they listen. Sit it, your ass down. Listen. Don't go up there. I, I'm gonna fix some food. Just sit here. We can watch it on the news. Listen, it Not was you. no way in the world that the entire country was gonna turn its eyes to Baltimore for at least one day, mm -hmm. and I wasn't gonna tell the truth. Okay. All right. I felt I felt so ignored. I felt so low. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, uh, being a Baltimorean, every time you go somewhere, it's your, your, from your accent to, you know, how much poverty sit in your mind. The and wire. Become the wire. The corner. Um, everything. It's never. Everything about the, us. The lightest thing. I did an interview um, on uh, this Canadian podcast a couple weeks ago. Shout out to the Who How Club. Shout out to you, Eris. But. He um, was introducing me and mm -hmm. he was like, she's from Baltimore. And he was like, oh, man, you're from Baltimore. And I was like, I could tell he was about to say, mm -hmm. oh, and he was going to connect it or relate to it mm -hmm. in some way. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know the wire. He was like, no, I was going to say Drew Hill. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes. Yes, Drew thank Hill. You. Thank you, Drew Hill. Yes, something amazing. Drew Hill, because yeah. when you tell people, it's the same thing because... I grew up in Compton. Mm -hmm. So when I tell people that I grew up in Compton and Baltimore, they're mm -hmm. like, damn. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, damn, are you how still alive? Are, how are you alive? <laughs> yeah. Right? How did you make it out? Yeah. Are you in a gang? And it's mm -hmm. like, look at me. Am I in a gang? No. Yeah. And it's, it's just that feeling that so much has been done to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I get the of, feeling of being, of being ignored. Well, I get the feeling of being like ignored or not being seen mm -hmm. um, as or for who you truly are. Mm -hmm. um, I think that a lot of people may feel that way and don't have the words mm -hmm. to articulate, uh, articulate that. Mm -hmm. But I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that just being a black person, mm -hmm. and a black human in the world. Mm -hmm. I get that being a black woman. Mm -hmm. um, I get that being a black person who grew up in, um, you know, disenfranchised cities or mm -hmm. areas and um so so i get that so i can i can kind of um understand not kind of i understand how and why people would feel this way because mm -hmm. a lot of times people say well why would people i fucking hate mm -hmm. when people say well why would they burn up their own neighborhood first of all it's really not their neighborhood it's not. so let's just be honest about some things like this shit ain't theirs it's not. What do we own over here? Yeah, nothing. Because the truth of the matter is that, and if you don't believe me, uh, get into gentrification. If the government, if the county or the city decide that they want your property, mm -hmm. they will take it from you. Mm -hmm. And you will take this money Eminent and domain. go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Eminent domain. That the government has some idea for this land that you are holding uh, a, a progression back from staying in that place. Yeah, you get that, and yeah, so but I understand what you're saying. So you got you you say I you you say to yourself I'm going to the I'm neighborhood. Going, get I'm the going homies. to the belly of the beast. I'm going to the belly of the beast. I'm going to the front. Well line. the homies don't want to go with you. The homies don't want to go. I ain't gonna lie. I would have been that homie like, hell no man, I'm mm -hmm. staying right here. That's exactly I see what they you said get to back. Me. Did you and get then, back? And uh, uh I told him I see him when I get back. Did you get back? Did I get that? Did that, you get back? Did I get back that night? Yeah. Mm mm. mm, -mm. When did you get back? Approximately 45 days later. Hello. So here, so this is where <laughs> the conversation really starts. Like we've been talking um, and we're about a, a close to an hour in. But this is where it gets like 
This is like what's really hood. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to protest. This mm-hmm. is the where it gets good, people. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to protest. Everybody wants to be an advocate. Advocate. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be an activist. Everybody wants to go on Instagram and wear mm-hmm. their t-shirts and put their fist up and get in this shit. But the truth of the matter, listen. It's kind of like what Chris Rock said. Mm-hmm. I will never forget. He said this in the comedy stand-up. Everybody, and I'm about to say the N-word, so if you don't like it, cover your ears because mm-hmm. I'm quoting somebody. You ain't never heard me say it on this show before, but I'm going to say it today. I'm going to say it with you. Chris Rock said, everybody, everybody want to be, be a nigga, nigga but, but don't nobody want to be a nigga. And that's the truth. That's it. That's it. Everybody want to be a nigga, but, but don't nobody, nobody want to be a nigga. Because when it, when it gets ugly, mm-hmm. like it's different. Mm-hmm. Being black hit different. It do. Anytime it Oprah Winfrey can go... And Oprah Winfrey is one of the most known figures in the world. Mm-hmm. One of the richest women in America. Mm-hmm. Anytime, no, I ain't say in the world because mm-hmm. she's definitely not one of the richest women in the mm-hmm. world. We talk about that all the time, but that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Can go into a shop, a boutique in Europe. I don't know what country she was in. I don't know if she was in France or Germany mm-hmm. or where she was. And they followed her around and was like, uh, excuse me, bitch, what you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm following you around because you're black and mm-hmm. you're in my store. Mm-hmm. Do you have enough money to be in here? Mm-hmm. If that can happen to her, come on. Yeah. Who are we? Who are we? Who? What did that little man on the internet say? Who are me? Mm-hmm. Who are me to judge? Mm-hmm. Who are me? Who are me to like, judge? If they, if, especially when you think about the notion that money, which most people believe that money can buy you anything. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Money doesn't take away from the fact that you are black. Mm-hmm. And to, ev- to people who have no respect for humans and who have no respect for black people, excuse my language, you just a nigga to them. Mm-hmm. You're no different. Oprah Winfrey ain't no different from me going in that boutique. No. They did the same thing to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you decide to go into the belly of the beast. You go in. I go in. How'd you get there? Uh, uh, a drug user on the neighborhood block. Mm-hmm. White guy named Chris. Okay. Did all my tattoos. White junkie. You let a junkie do your tattoos? Mm-hmm. A white junkie. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm really from the city. Well, I mean, I understand yeah, that. <laughs> but I don't you. know if that is why. Listen. I've been tested so many times. I ain't got nothing. But it was a cool. He was a cool dude. Uh, he he had his struggles I with addiction, about, so, but he okay. took his craft seriously. He was an artist. I was about to say he took his craft seriously. He's t- I'm sorry. Th- that as well. Yeah, because I would be remiss if I didn't say you know he wasn't. He took his craft serious, but he also took his craft serious. Okay. Um, he wasn't the kind of guy that was going to reuse needles for the yeah. sake of. Well, I don't think he would do that. Uh, no. I'm just saying. You, you know, know, I would be. So here's a little tidbit about me because mm-hmm. I like to share personal information. Mm-hmm. So I actually had a tattoo done by a white... You are my son! Mm-hmm. I had a tattoo done by a white junkie myself. Yeah. I did not know this man was a junkie. Was it in Baltimore? It was in Baltimore. That's what, that's yes. most of the people in Baltimore that do tattoos are white junkies. That's not true. Um, <laughs> that is definitely not true. So I went to a shop, a reputable shop, and when he was doing the tattoo, like it was fine. It wasn't really quite what I'd asked for, but... It, you know, it was enough. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to get it covered up. Come to find out a few years later, I, I f- felt like he was a little off. Mm-hmm. But I was like, let me just get this done. Come to find out he was going through uh, like cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And so he was taking like opioids mm-hmm. for like pain. And mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, great. A white junkie did my tattoo. This is so nice. But we have so much in common. We do. So this guy takes me over to West Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and his young lady um, were driving. He was going. To, he was on the way to his storage unit okay. to get his guns. Oh. Because unlike everybody else on the block, he knew it was about to go down. Yeah. He knew that um, from, you know, being older, being, you know, uh, uh, 40-some years old, 
he knew what the riots looked like in in uh, yeah. in L.A. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned about being white in a yeah. black city when black he people should. are mad. He should be. So you know he um he armed himself and just tried to get out the way. He was he's not a violent guy, but you know he, he got kids. He got to protect himself. Well, yeah. Um, neither here nor there. He takes me uh as close as he can before um it gets thick before before you can't get any closer, get any closer. to um to the area traffic wise he takes me to the uh, bridge of um north avenue um not north avenue's bridge uh 28th street bridge okay so coming from drew hill right uh we you know because but we coming from well from it east. doesn't matter even here or there he gets me there he gets me there to the to that bridge and i have to walk okay from drew hill to pin north wow okay so you i was very intent you were very was, dedicated to this. Listen. Okay. Let me just say um, this. Sometimes you get what you ask for. Sometimes you get what you ask for. Yeah. And never more uh, more clearly than when I got out the car, I had a ski mask on. Just mm-hmm. like a regular little dollar like store ski, ski mask. mask. Regular little yeah. ski Like I'm going to rob the bank ski mask. Yeah, I'm going to rob yeah. a bank ski mask. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's all you got on a mask? I said, yeah, I'm going to be fine with this. I just want to cover my face up a little bit. Mm-hmm. He said, no, this is what you need. And he reached into a bag and pulled out a, a giant grocery bag mm-hmm. and pulls out some World War II like gas mask. Gas mask. And, and, says, and that this is, is what when, you need. And that is when gas mask Greg, Greg was, was born, born. Right there in the backseat of that Honda Santa Fe. <laughs> wow. Listen, 2003. This is, let me just say this. This is why sometimes it is good to have white friends because sometimes they have resources that we don't have. Like, World War II gas masks. Okay? And I want you guys to know I'm going to post a picture. I don't know if I can post pictures in show notes, but I will definitely post a picture. Do you mind if I post that picture on my Instagram? Absolutely. Feel free. You will see when while we're laughing about gas masks, Greg, mm-hmm. you will see the picture of Greg in the infamous gas mask. Uh, and why we are calling it a World War II gas mask because mm-hmm. it looks it's very intense. Mm-hmm. So okay, he gives you this gas mask. You say, "Good looking, Chris. I'm a holla. I'm out. Let me out. I start walking. You start walking. Uh, when you're walking, here's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. So first of all, let's just let's just r- review here. You had a weekend filled with loss mm-hmm. and grief. You lost Miss Stokes. Miss mm-hmm. Stokes was a pillar in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, a beacon of light, somebody that you would as- aspire to. Mm-hmm. Then you go down to Beach Week, a black man gets shot, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot, whether you know him or not. It's just mm-hmm. a lot because it's death. Because mm-hmm. it's, I'm sure that you always think, well, damn, that could have been me. Mm-hmm. Then you get back and your very good friend who just had a baby two months prior mm-hmm. loses his father, who was a prominent figure, regardless of how mm-hmm. he was a prominent figure, mm-hmm. was a prominent figure in your life and in, in your community. Mm-hmm lose him so that's three people mm-hmm. so you like you you it's a rage bubble it's a mm-hmm. rage boil inside of mm-hmm. you, right mm-hmm. and you like it's time to lance this bitch i'm mm-hmm. going right yeah. and, so you walk i walked with the gas East mask Baltimore. on uh i had it in the grocery bag okay. still oh you had a bag yeah i had a bag okay i had a grocery bag so i walked all the way through white lock all the way to pennsylvania avenue uh by the time i got there you know stuff is it, it's starting to become you're starting to see the disorder. Right. Block by block Chaos. as you get closer. Chaos. So I found a bike that mm-hmm. was just laying there, discarded. I grabbed the bike, just hopped mm-hmm. on it, got there a little faster. Mm-hmm. And then I just pulled up to uh, Penn North and began to just circle around. 
Mm-hmm. And so you just, just you taking got the temperature. So when did you put the gas mask on? When, when I got, got on when the I bike. Pulled, when, when I pulled up the pin off. Oh, when you pulled up, but yeah. not when you had pulled got Mm-mm. on the bike. No, I thought no, it was no, like no, a no. superhero. Like let me. Put they it went on. hand to hand. Yeah, okay. they went hand to hand. As I got closer, as you got closer, on. you put it on because you still had the ski mask on. Mm-hmm. Had a ski mask on as well. Okay, under the mask. Could you breathe? It was hard. It was hard, but you didn't care. Which is why I got caught because I had to keep taking the mask off to breathe. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. It's cool. Everything, everything, everything happens for a reason. Let me tell you something. I live by the mantra: everything is as it should be. Mm-hmm. So you get there, and you're circling around on this bike mm-hmm. like a vulture, mm-hmm. or really just getting into, or like I, a hawk. More like, I'm make more like a hawk. hawk. Yeah. More like a or hawk. Or eagle. Definitely. Be an eagle because it was very patriotic. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because here's my thing. What. What the fuck is the difference between mm-hmm. what they did being mm-hmm. patriotic according mm-hmm. to them and what you did being patriotic? Got the right I to see fight nothing. for my rights. Yes. You got to fight for your right to party yeah. like and the they want, Boys. You know. So you go and you're circling around. And at this point, everybody knows about the CVS being on fire. Mm-hmm. The CVS is on fire at this time. No, it's not on fire at this time. Okay. At this, when, I, when I got there, it was still being looted. Okay. Oh, so people yeah. were still running in and out with stuff. Getting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, I went in there. I didn't find much. It was nothing really going. Okay. It was chaos by the time I got in yeah. there. Uh, it was it was a lot to try to comprehend. Okay, like literally every turn of your head was something crazy. You, you, crazy. So, like you said, uh, white people couldn't come through mm-hmm. at that point in time. They hadn't shut traffic down yet, so you mm-hmm. had people had coming from downtown, wherever they come from. But every person that was white that came through one of those um, between Monroe Street and Pennsylvania Avenue. Getting hit with bottles okay. uh, in the car, throwing all kind of stuff. Um, just was what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, throwing stuff at the police, mm-hmm. uh, breaking into stores, g- using what you find in the stores as more ammunition, ammunition to throw to at the throw. police. Okay. Um, and then, really reverent, uh, 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 loving the fact that of where we were as a community at that point in time. I found so many people that I did know mm-hmm. that were already there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, open conversations with young guys, you know, who who I have no connection to, and we're just full on brotherhood, camaraderie, mm-hmm. all healthy conversation, um, and we truly felt, I felt, you know, part of a brotherhood that day. Okay, seeing all of those people, all those good conversations, healthy dudes. Again, before the riots, Baltimore was a neighborhood city. Right. You know, you stick to your neighborhood, you stick with your guys. You know, there is a lot of uh, outside activity that. Makes you a little shady of or weary or wary of of dealing with people you don't know, mm-hmm. but all of that, uh, all of those dynamics went out the window when we were able to focus on that common enemy, which was law enforcement. Okay. So feeling good about that. The Muslim brothers were out there. Um, uh, Christian groups were out there. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, violence as well, but it was it was it was it was it was a once in a lifetime. Uh, feeling they I've never seen police in mass back up you know what I mean yeah. I've never seen police in fear of their life mm. I've never seen police in you know uh, 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 truly feel like they was backed up against a wall and and that feeling I don't think I could put a price on and I wouldn't replace for anything okay. because it reminded me that I'm a person okay. and the only thing that's been done to me is that the power has been stripped from me Okay. But I can get power back. Yes. It ain't one way. So the same way I fear you every day, I have the power to inflict that level of fear in you as well. Okay. And it felt good. 
okay. it felt good for that day. I get that. It, you know, it felt good it. for that day. It feels good now, but in the moment. My God, it's, like, yeah, you it's like, something. It's something different. It's Wakanda before Wakanda. Uh-huh. Is I'm telling you, if you if to feel that level of power to see the people that they will kill you if they get the opportunity. If yeah. if, if 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 they feel it necessary, they will kill you. Yes. To look in their face and see fear, mm-hmm. it meant a lot to me. So um, that's some real shit. It is. It's and a, you know what's interesting? That's some real shit that most people would not say. They ain't gonna say because you're scared because you plan. Yeah. This is what I mean. Like we not playing. You're not gonna see again. Back also, to the benefit. Also, you've already been so. But also, like you've already been to the mountaintop. I've been. Like I already been. I, I done some. experienced it. I done already been arrested. Yes. I want you to tell. I want you to tell the people what you did. Oh, so I, at one point I poked a, a hose. No, don't, 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 don't. So what you're not about to do? Okay. <laughs> what you're not about to do is just talk about how you rode around and you saw the fear. We're gonna talk about what made you famous around these riots well two things made me famous one was uh a very well-placed picture that Mm -hmm. was taken Mm -hmm. when i rode in front of because i taunted them a lot i rode i would ride my bike just up on the police line Mm -hmm. past the perimeter that the muslim brothers had set and i would ride between that line Mm -hmm. which is the hotbed Mm -hmm. right we're trying to push it for every we're fighting for every inch they're trying to push forward and all this so with me being in that center and taking the bold position and turning my back to him, putting my fist up, mm-hmm. talking, you know, crazy to him. Uh, what did you say? Plenty of stuff that I shouldn't repeat. Okay. But um, that those well-placed pictures ended up on the cover of the Baltimore Sun. All right. Followed by me. Um, at, at one point, the fire, the uh, CVS does the catch CVS fire. CVS catches on fire. Um, well, it didn't ca- catch on fire. Somebody it was set, set on it, fire. Somebody set it ablaze. It a, a young man set on set on fire. He received fifteen years for that as well. Okay. Um, Is he still he's still in jail? He's still in jail. Okay. Um, How did they find out he did it? It doesn't. They matter. had a move camera. Okay. It was cameras everywhere. Yep. The amount of cameras outside was ridiculous. Well, hey, good thing for you that mask. I mean? um, you kept taking it off. Yeah, I kept. I couldn't breathe. Yeah. It was hot. Yep. But uh, and it was smoky out there. It's tear gas. It's, a, it's lot. a lot. It was, it was a lot. lot happening. It was a lot going on. I understand. Um, CVS is set on fire. Yeah, CVS is set on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how long the hose was engaged, mm-hmm. uh, but I know it, it had been there for some time. And um, it felt like we was losing ground on that street. It felt like the, the police were pushing us back too far. Mm-hmm. So I poked the hose. Uh, I poked a hole in the fire hose, which you know. Of course, it's a fire hose, so it's water everywhere, splashing, and splashing all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't enough water, so I poked it again. Oh, and, okay. you know, that's when you start to get a little bit more chaos. Mm-hmm. And I just went down the street, rode down to the next block. I would later realize that it was, I did it right on the, in front of CNN. Yeah. And it was all captured live wow. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But I just went downstairs and uh, down the street and finished the conversation and, um, the exchange of ideas and feelings that we were we were going through. What this you was a, what we were experiencing. What were we some of the guys it. saying? Uh, some of the guys. Uh, Give me some direct quotes if you can remember them. Move back. They this were trying the to. Yeah, no. These. This is the. This was the, some of the um, people holding the front lines. So okay. some of the uh, Muslim groups, some of the uh, Christian groups. Mm-hmm. Um, the to prayer the warriors. No, they're talking to the citizens. They're oh. trying to keep. They're trying to be the buffer between the police and us. To stop you guys from getting to killed. To stop us from getting killed. Okay. Which God bless I, them. They, you know, people, have a, lot of, people have a lot to say about people who practice um, uh, orthodox or practice um, organized religion or structured religion. But, you know, you, sometimes you need those people. You do. Especially because, when they're practicing what they're preaching. Yeah. 
I don't, want, I don't care about no talk, but when no. you live in this it. righteous life, walk it. Show and, me how to do and it. And how beautiful is it that Christians and Muslims were there side side. together to try to protect mm-hmm. people? Black Christians and Muslims. Yeah. Okay. Black Christians and Muslims. Okay, I see. Because what you said, back in the, again, everything was black that day. Yeah. So including I had, the sky. including the sky. So, you know, but I, I, I was, I stood in opposition of their, of their uh, theory. I, I believe that we shouldn't give them an inch. I believe that, you know, if we, are, if we're going to display power, then we have to display power. We have to be firm in the fact that, um, in, in understanding what we're trying to achieve. We're trying to show to these people that we have power. Mm-hmm. We cannot do that and move and bend to their will. Right. So we have to stand firm. So if it's these three blocks that we're holding, we're going to hold them. And you were 21. 21. I can't imagine doing that at 21. No. First of all, I wouldn't have went down there. I understand. I'd stay my ass in the house. Mm-mm. Okay, so go ahead. So you get caught. How? Uh... So you took At that a knife. Point in time, Hold on. Mm-hmm. You took a knife and you cut holes, not one but two holes in mm-hmm. a fire hose, mm-hmm. a fire hydrant hose mm-hmm. that they were using to put the fire out at mm-hmm. CVS. Yes. And you get caught. Uh, several hours later, not in Penn North, but downtown. Okay. I left the area uh, as we knew that uh, we were alerted that it was a, another force coming. The, uh, the um, National Guard. The National Guard was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, from two directions, they was trying to box us in, and they were going to start arresting people in mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, there were other places in the city where uh, people were demonstrating. Mm-hmm. So I was moving towards downtown. Um, well, you were just going to all of them. Yeah, we was, we outside. Was just, we outside. We outside. We out here. We out here. Yeah. Today is the day. The day y'all gonna learn. Y'all the go, day y'all gonna learn the day. Okay. So I move around, and of course, um, it's it's kind of hard to fathom. Moving through a city that has been vandalized, you know, at, at different points and turns. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, if the Seven Eleven had already been looted, right? So mm-hmm. the glasses are all broken and stuff. Right. And uh, so I just rolled by and I needed some cigarettes. Um, just went in the store, went behind the counter. By the time I got behind the counter, the police were at the at the door. Uh, you know, just being young, not understanding that a lot of people, it's a lot of police that were scared to go over to pin off right. and they made a lot out of their day just sitting in front of randallized stores mm-hmm. anybody walks in i could grab them by the end of the day i've justified what i've been doing but i'm right. not going over there to the to where it's really cracking I'm not, going the right. not going over there um i learned that the hard way those two police officers met me as soon as i got behind the counter i'm talking about the in the in the time that it took me to walk into the store and walk around the counter without ever breaking stride mm-hmm. they had they were right behind me at the door mm-hmm. so uh some 14 police officers come, they take my mask off, they keep trying to take pictures of me on their phones, all kind of crazy stuff. But it, I started getting a really, really bad feeling uh, with the amount of police that I saw. Okay. And they were very, very excited to have the gas mask, to see that gas mask. Yeah. So. Because, of course, they were on the radio. They, they were on the they radio. Were on the they were for you. You know, they, they, they knew what was going on. So they were very happy to uh, see me there. But I was weary so of their intentions. So happy to see me. But, again, um, it was a long day, and I, I wasn't ready for it to be over. <laughs> so uh, one of those police officers decided to, uh, you know, they did take me into custody, um, put some handcuffs on me, and uh, attempted to put me in a van. You should have just took your ass home. I should have took my, myself home, but I didn't. Mm-mm. And the line had been drawn in the sand. As as they took me out of the 7-Eleven and tried to push me in the van, um, they started, you know, getting real physical with me. Mm-hmm. And at that, that point in time, I broke away from them and ran. Okay. 
So uh, I ran away from them in handcuffs. Wow. Yeah. And created a big little gap, too. I got like a two block uh, a gap between us before they were able to get to their cars and all the other stuff. The police that actually caught me, caught me on the bike. He had to use the bike that I used to ride. He rode he had your to, bike. He, had, he took my bike and caught me. Well, not your bike, but the bike. The bike I was in possession of at the time. Yeah. He used that bike to catch me. He had to because mm-hmm. I was gone. He was 21 gone. years old, I was gone. It was over. Uh, they, you know, I still, they caught me a few blocks away. Um, that's when I was forced to get into the, you know, the whole perp. Uh, set with the waistband with the, uh, wait, the and the ankle shackles thing, yeah. and the wrist shackles. How did that make you feel? Like a slave. I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Did that make? You, I wanted to ask, did that make you feel like a slave? But I figured that I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was there and uh, some 483 people were arrested during that time. God 250 damn. people that day. And that began the process. That was I wouldn't see outside again for about 40 some days. Wow. So you were arrested mm-hmm. and you... Um, I was given a no bail. Wow! On my my first three charges were attempted theft less than a hundred dollars. Wow! Possession of a dangerous weapon, which was the, the knife, pocket knife, the pocket, the pocket knife, knife, and fleeing custody. Okay. Well, to be fair, fleeing custody was the only reason I got the the shackles. The shackles. Yes. But the only way to guarantee that you're not going to jail. Uh, I don't know. When you get in that van, you guaranteed to go to jail. If well, I run, I don't know how it's going to play out. Here's the thing. Um, I don't ever... Um, we don't advocate breaking the law. In no way, shape, or form am I advocating anything that you did that entire day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I would be a fool to say that if I thought that I could elude them... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. That I wouldn't try to get away. And anybody who says that they wouldn't... I don't know if I'm going to believe you, Mm-mm. mainly because if you think about um, some of the stupid things that you try to get out of mm-hmm. taxes, paying IRS, paying your child support, uh, having tough conversations, having wait a minute, come on, having <laughs> tough conversations, people avoid yeah, pain, having, having tough Simple. conversations, um, not having uh, people are trying to avoid getting this vaccine, mm-hmm. like people are just we we are a, a society no strangers of, a, to avoidance. avoidance. We are a society of avoiders. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I wouldn't have ran if I thought I I I, I know my f- chunky self. <laughs> I'm all of these um this yummy body meat I mm-hmm. got. I ain't getting away from no police. But if I thought that I, I could, you could, you would try. I'm going to try. Because here's the here's the reality. And and this is the tough reality that people a lot of people don't talk about, especially through the black experience. You are guaranteed when you when they take you to jail, you are guaranteed to go to jail. You are not guaranteed to walk out. Right. People die in jail all the time. All the time or in custody. In custody. You understand? So if especially at 21 my my mentality was if i run i have a chance if i get in that car i'm guaranteed to go to jail right it's not even about the charge it's about jail it's about uh being locked in a room with someone who may have uh uh, a split personality disorder it's about uh you know them putting you in uh in cells with rob people from rival neighborhoods or uh white supremacists or anything like there there is no limit to what can happen to you there's a there's literally like a million ways to die in jail. Right. 
You know what I mean? I had a panic attack one time. I thought I was having a heart attack. And uh, this at a point when my uh, blood pressure was in uh, question. Mm -hmm. So I had already had a rapport with the nurses and I was supposed to be getting my blood pressure taken every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a panic attack in a, in, a, in a cell and they left me in there all day. Wow. Having it? Having it. Yeah. And you know, so, you know I believe that. I believe that. So you were... Um arrested uh at when when it all fell down how much time did you get um uh, my, my charges were split sentence? my charges were split into two okay the original charges um for uh just uh the, the petty theft and the uh dangerous weapon charge they those stayed uh state case okay uh, i was given a probation before judgment at the time you got to remember i'm a first time offender okay so i've never been in court before these before, before this, this point, happened right so um I get a PBJ, probation before judgment, in, um, in state court, one year probation, no need to report. But mm -hmm. just, if you, you don't, don't get in trouble, it goes away. Yeah. Uh, but the, the federal government picked up um, my reckless endangerment charges. Mm -hmm. And that's where it um, got hot. And that's where they changed it. Uh, they changed those charges into uh, uh, dis disrupting the police, during, um, disrupting firefighters during a civil disobedience. Okay. Which has a uh, maximum of five years. Okay. Um, and they added aiding and abetting an arson, wow. which has a max of 20 years and a mandatory minimum of five. Okay. So they was trying to stick Yeah, they was trying to smash me. Yeah. Um, and at the time, you know, I was facing more time than any of the other police officers. Okay. Right. Because they so weren't getting I, first, they weren't getting, um, uh, first degree murder charges. No, they were not. They were getting, you know, uh, second degree, third degree. And as adult, a matter of uh, fact, manata, manslaughter. As a matter of fact, when it all fell down, you ended up spending more time in jail than any of the five to seven officers of involved in the execution of Freddie Gray. And any of them. That's out of control for me. Uh, my court date uh, in the state court was set up at the same time as, uh, I believe, the first officer. Um, I can't remember his name. I'll get it to you at one point. But, you know, this guy killed Freddie Gray. I'm a writer. For Freddie Gray, we're going into uh, courtrooms that are, are directly across the street, east mm -hmm. east side, and uh, and uh, post office. Mm -hmm. He's coming to he's coming from home every day. I'm coming from jail in shackles every day. Every day, and you killed nobody. I killed nobody. Well, anyway, and that's sometimes not even a a black versus white because there were black police officers and there was a black woman too. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it comes down to unfortunately black and blue. versus blue. Mm -hmm. Or black and blue. Um, and tell me about the restitution. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, so I fight my I fight my case in, in state court for eight months mm -hmm. after April. Uh, that leads me to December of 2015. Mm -hmm. uh, December 3rd of 2015, the federal government picks up my case and I fight it for another 11 months on home detention. Okay. So that puts me in November of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point in time, uh, my my judgment was three years of uh, probation, mm -hmm. supervised probation, mm -hmm. 250 hours of community service, and, and $1 million of restitution. Hot diggity dog. Shout out to Mickey Mouse. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. Mm -hmm. We're feeling the scene. We're full of beans. If at you a, have small kids, of, you know at about a, that. At a rate of $100 a month. $100 a month. Mm -hmm. So you'll be paying this until the day you die. Okay. Ten thousand months. Wow. Ten minutes. So what happened with that? What happened? Because um, I met you. Well, I met you a long time ago. But 
I met you when all this was over, mm-hmm. but well, all the hard stuff was over. But mm-hmm. you have since that 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 judgment has been adjudicated. Okay. That case is closed. closed. Uh, the restitution has been thrown out. God all, is good. All requirements have been met and Thank satisfied, you, and I'm a free man, citizen, walking around with no supervision, no requirements to and I'm uh, happy for, for my you. release. But here's the question: Is it on your record? Yes. Yes, forever. Mm-hmm. I am a convicted felon. Ooh. And you know what is disturbing for me about this? There's so many black men, and I mean. Uh, I'm talking about black men and I'm talking about black people because that's what the fuck I do. And I have the right to do that. But there's so many. But I also, you know, people talk about race a lot, but they don't talk about the other beast in America, which is capitalism Mm -hmm. and capitalism and racism are the foundation. But they are the foundation Mm -hmm. of the blood soil, the blood in the soil of this Mm -hmm. country. Right. And I feel like we can't really talk about one without talking about the other. And when I talk about one, I have to also include, I don't have to, but I choose to also include um, people who may be brown, people who may be white, that are poor, that that get fucked over. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about black people today. Mm -hmm. Right? So I say that to acknowledge um, the fact that I understand that there are poor poor people get uh, uh, the shit into the stick. Mm -hmm. It's just... Black poor people, mm. we don't even get a stick. Just get shit thrown at you. Yeah, we just get shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when I think about all of the people, all of the poor people, all the poor men who have to um, deal with this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and deal with um, the judicial system and may they, they may commit a crime, but like sometimes the sentencing is just absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. sometimes but the when process I think, is abs- i almost lost my mind fighting that case i would imagine but i think that the system is set up to do so mm-hmm. um because it's like if we don't get you on the ground mm-hmm. then we'll get you down the road mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. and when i think about the black men who get like 25 year sentences for mm-hmm. having too much weed on them mm-hmm. like are you kidding me mm-hmm. when people are shooting people when a man put his knee on someone's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and the man died on mm-hmm. video and he does not get 25 years. He He's not going to get 25 years. Let's mm-hmm. just keep it no a well. stack. It's and not going to happen. Here's the, here's the more, here's, here's the more uh, polarizing point. The reason, now mind you, there's five major figures uh, who I won't say their names um, from the riot, all of whom served anywhere from four to 15 years federal penitentiary. Okay. I'm the only one of the five who didn't serve uh, uh, time post-conviction. Okay. Um, the reason for that was because in 2014, um, my basketball coach, uh, Sam Brand and I, and um, a, lot of other, a lot of the other poly alumni family, uh, did a report and exposed how Baltimore City receives lower grades in their um, in their high school honors classes. Those city students receive lower grades um, for honors classes than anywhere else in the country. I mean, anywhere else in the state. Every other county in this state uh, gives their their scholars a weighted GPA boost. Right. When you take an honors class or advanced placement A course, there is a boost that they are supposed to calculate your overall grade with. Um, to bring it up to to 
to par with the difficulty of the class. Okay. Uh, Poly is a uh, is one of the only college preparatory schools in the city, mm-hmm. and it requires you to take se- uh, seven honors classes every year. So when you come out of Poly, you've graduated with twenty eight honors classes. Those kids were not, uh, along with myself, weren't getting the the grades that we were supposed to get. Mm-hmm. So essentially, we could have took the same classes anywhere else in the country, anywhere else in the state, got the same grades, and received uh, more credit towards college. Mm-hmm. We pushed that story um, and gave it to the Sun and exposed the Baltimore City and the Baltimore City school system mm-hmm. for uh, uh, subjugating his own kids. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually, that quirk in the grading system prevented me from accepting a college uh, basketball scholarship to St. Leo University, uh, just outside of Tampa, Florida. Okay. So it was that story being in the sun a year before the riots mm-hmm. that made it hard for them to send me to jail. Because you, you because were already the reality in the is I had done enough. Yeah, but, but also because you were a poly scholar. So for mm-hmm. those of you who are not from Baltimore, poly's ranked 12. in the top forty uh, STEM programs in the city. I mean, in, in the country. The country. In the country. Yeah. I think it's and, number 36 in the country as in far as country, STEM programs. As far as STEM programs. And then in um, uh, in the state, I want to say it might be number... One or two. I don't know which one it is. I'm going to look it up right now. But needless to say, you were a good scholar. You mm-hmm. were a good student. Mm-hmm. And you were doing good things. I was a standout uh, a student and athlete. And athlete. Right. So that saved you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of. Right? Yeah, because... When you go to court, they have to discuss you. And they only not only discuss who you are. I mean, the, the crime you committed is clear. Once you, you know, if you like, uh, like I, I pleaded guilty. Mm-hmm. So it's not about discussing the crime anymore. It becomes discussing who you are. Mm-hmm. Criminal history. Are you gainfully employed? What are your community connections? When they start running down that list and exp- and 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 had to be honest about who I was outside of this this moment. Mm-hmm. Outside of that day, okay, it became hard for them to give me that time. Okay, and you saw a shift in how the government had to deal with me, and um, moreover, how the judge, what the judge would allow to be done to me, right? Because you had already had that yeah. good, and that's why it's, it's I'd good already deeds. had my my rights good violated. Deeds are, good I'd deeds already, are important. Yeah. So also, um, so now it's clear um, you have moved on, mm-hmm. and I want to know how do you feel about. I don't need to really we don't really need to talk about how you feel about what happened that storm in the Capitol thing, because I think for the most part, we yeah. all feel the same yeah. way. That was some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. But we're going to mind our business. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit over here and eat our popcorn. Mm-hmm. We're going to drink our Stella Artois mm-hmm. and we're just going to watch the news or not watch the news. Mm-hmm. And we're going to chill out and just let them have their little mm-hmm. time to throw their temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you feel about all of the Black Lives Matter protests from last year. Um, I, I speaking to, from the hold on, let me be clear because okay. I don't want to offend people mm-hmm. because I know that people want to be a part, especially mm-hmm. in our community. We want to be a part of change, mm-hmm. and people get in where they fit in. Mm-hmm. And I think that protests are um, good for some people to get on the ground and um, get in there mm-hmm. and like feel the dirt and like smell the tear gas. Mm-hmm. Some people like that, mm-hmm. right? As someone who has gone through what you have gone through, I want to know how you felt about um, the protests. Mm. Uh, honestly, I, I went to um, the uh, 
George Floyd protest here. And I in, told you not in, to go. In Baltimore. I, you I know, I'm going outside with a bad knee and everything. I told you. Um, I went out there and, you know, we went through that whole thing. Um, but I don't, I, I, I don't like it. I didn't like it. Um, it didn't feel authentic. Okay. Partially because this. Not saying that the people not the people weren't because were uh, they were uh, authentic. authentic. It was a lot of people who came with a genuine intent to to let their voice be heard. That they right. they they're ready for change. Yeah. And, and a lot of people stood up yeah. in that in that in that way. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of people out there taking pictures. There was a lot of fluff. Mm. There was a lot of uh, you know I, I saw white people in you know little small pockets of. Um, white women, you know, like literally walked through and didn't speak to anybody black, but holding signs with black stuff on it. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it baffled my mind. Right. But the reality is protesting is about advocacy yeah. or protesting is about information. Mm-hmm. The world doesn't know what you're mad about. If you don't protest, Absolutely. it's about taking a stand Absolutely. and informing the world that this is what happened to us. We understand what's happening to us and we're not going for it. We're not going to take, we're it. not going to take it. Yeah. We'll shut the street down today. We'll come outside. We'll be loud. We'll be boisterous. And we'll be back tomorrow. But it is just for information yeah. purposes. Yeah. The powers that be are totally informed yeah. about what's going on mm-hmm. with us. Um, I think it's the country also for in, a, in, a, in, a, in a major way understands the black plight. But I also think that protests are about um, solidarity. Uh, uh, and that's unity fair. and like showing that we're going to come together and show you that we're not going to take it and mm-hmm. we're going to stand up for what we believe in. Yes. But I, I have to say that I kind of um, agree with you. And of course, I'm not talking about everybody because I didn't go to any protests. So I can't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't really have it a was, leg to stand on. Listen, I'm it, telling it was you, so commercial. Hold, that's my, and so that's my issue is that even though like I wasn't there following it on social media and on the news something about it felt un i felt very unconnected mm-hmm. not to the plight mm-hmm. but i was just like this just doesn't this all seem, had nothing to do with me yeah this and not not necessarily this but this doesn't feel it don't it don't feel right the roots mm-hmm. has a song called it don't feel right mm-hmm. it didn't feel it didn't. right it you didn't. know what i mean not at all and as someone who has been to protest, like I said, in marches, like it's what, you know, it's it what felt, I used to do. Yeah. Something about it just felt contrived. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody to get offended because I'm not saying that everybody there was doing it for the gram or mm-hmm. everybody there was doing it for a show or doing it for whatever. Because some people were there doing it for what protests are for, mm-hmm. right? Doing it from their heart and from their spirit. But some people were just going down there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't say this, but... The day after the Freddie Gray riot, mm-hmm. I went mm-hmm. down to Penn North mm-hmm. um, and I went and I took pictures and I didn't I didn't go to protest. Mm-hmm. I went to feel I wanted to, to feel, feel it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to feel it. And I some people that I know went down on the 27th mm-hmm. and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be right here because I, I remember mm-hmm. that whole L.A. riot shit. I got to L.A. in June, mm-hmm. early to mid-June. April 29th mm-hmm. was the start of the LA riots. Mm-hmm. I could still, you could still feel it mm-hmm. when I got there. Mm-hmm. I remember getting there looking around like, whoa, mm-hmm. this, how are they going to come back from this? Because mm-hmm. at this point, it's not we, because I just got here. So mm-hmm. I'm not really a, a Californian it, yeah. yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going down there because mm-hmm. I know what could happen. Mm-hmm. Right. But I did go the next day. It was very peaceful. 
There were, like you said, it was Muslim brothers there. The National Guard was there. Mm -hmm. There were drumming circles. Mm -hmm. There were, and th it, there was a very authentic feeling mm -hmm. there. And it wasn't really about protests. Some people were protesting, mm -hmm. but I just wanted to see it. But there were also snipers on the roof, which kind of freaked me the fuck out. If I could just be frank, mm -hmm. it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was, the feeling was, uh, I can't even put it, it in a word. It was eerie. Mm -hmm. There we go. It was like a cloud, but not a dark cloud because the mm -hmm. sun was shining. I took some pictures just because, you know, I think a, I'm a photographer. It was a cloud of, of, of It was energy. a cloud. It, the energy was so, I could have cut the energy with a mm -hmm. Ginsu knife. Mm -hmm. It was a thick energy. Mm -hmm. But... Um, I was happy to be there. And like I said, I didn't go to any of the Black Lives Matter protests. So I can't, I really don't have a leg to stand on because I wasn't there. But there was something, my intuition is strong. Mm -hmm. The force is strong with this one, as they say, mm -hmm. in Star Wars. And it just didn't have that same kind of, like I could look at it and tell. It's like just being able to spot a pair of fake Jordans. Mm -hmm. eh. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? that's exactly what it was. It, yeah. it, it felt, it felt, uh, it, it did not feel authentic. Yeah. Walking up 83, um, which is highway here in the city, yeah. uh, it felt good, right, yeah. to be able to physically walk on the highway and feel as though we had taken over. Right. But it, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, it was a, it was contrived. It was a 5K. It was a, <laughs> you know what, you know what I mean. It that's was, a, that's our time, people. It we was don't a call walk. a protest a 5K. <laughs> I can't. I watch people like walk around cleaning up trash and which I thought was nice. It's cool. So here's the thing that I did Not like about the rebellion. Ones. Like you're concerned with like your concern no. is stretched way. You are supposed to be talking to the powers that be and speaking truth to power. You don't have time to pick up litter. So, but here's the thing. But I so I disagree with you because I think that it was. Um, like protests can be different things. It can be mm -hmm. about solidarity. Mm -hmm. There could be a silent protest mm -hmm. where we don't say any words, but mm -hmm. it's to show the powers that be. It's 500 of us out here. Tomorrow, it'll be 700 of us out here. We out here. I want you to know. But for me, it was so much. It's kind of like um, there was a... Um, I talked about this on an episode. I don't remember what episode it was, but the, the couple that got... Here's why the black. Here's why I I feel this way. Mm -hmm. There was a couple that got married, at like they got married and then they came out and walked in a Black Lives Matter protest. Something about mm. that. It, ooh, it made my stomach uncomfortable. Like I was like, this. Please don't use the blood of the of Amara Aubrey and Breonna Taylor and George Floyd to get your wedding on Instagram. Like don't do that. And even if that's not what they meant to do, mm -hmm. that's how it reads. That's how it feels. Yeah. I Don't mean, do that. And, and again, for me to elaborate what I'm saying, I have to go back to the reality that we are fighting for survival. I am fighting for my right to be a man, mm -hmm. my right to be a human being. That kind of intensity does not leave space for me to be picking up litter. Maybe it's just the Baltimore in me. Maybe it's the poverty in me. Yeah. But it was something so much more important than the stuff that they were doing. But then I think that feels like that's a tricky place because then it, it, we're judging. And just so you guys know, Baltimore Polytechnic Institute ranks in the state. It ties with another school. It doesn't say what school it is. Its graduation rank uh, rate rank is number one, and it's tied with another school. Its meeting, math and reading performance rank is number two. Its math and reading proficiency rank is number 
32, College Curriculum Breath Index Rank, number 62, and its College Readiness Index Rank is number 71 in the state. Mm. Go Polly. Yeah, great, great institution, man. Yeah, so I just don't want to be in a place where we're judging them. Like, I'm on the fence about it, but I know for me, it just didn't feel... Something about it felt weird. And I think the celebrities, like, so many celebrities got involved, Mm -hmm. which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Because they should use their fucking money, Mm -hmm. their power, their influence, and their voice to create change in this country. And I think a lot of them don't. Mm -hmm. Um... But some of that just seemed fake too. Mm-hmm. Like some of it, it just didn't seem right. I'm it t- didn't I'm seem t- right. And, and, and again, it um, it is so hard to navigate. You talking about thousands of people outside? Yeah, I can't speak for everybody. No, but I'm and we're telling not talking from, about everybody. Yeah, I'm not talking about. I, I would never try to generalize. But the people that I saw, right, and some of the things I saw, it, it was it was very unsettling to me. Yeah, to yeah. understand that at this point in time, I, there are active. There are. There were rioters from last time that are still in jail right, right now. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was a lot for me. Whereas, to, some of, whereas some of the celebrities that were doing it and going to jail got out the next morning. Got out the next day. You know what I'm saying? Some of dude's still been in jail from years ago. Yeah. Um, from expressing his rage. Yeah. It, it, it was, for me, and all of, I've been through with this city and protesting, mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. Yeah. So tell me, um, as we close, I want you to tell me, how has this experience left you feeling? Um, again, uh, um, during this process, you know, I truly almost lost my mind, yeah. um, with the, the fear and the paranoia yeah. uh, that I, I, I had to, I was subjected to with the, uh, federal government. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it has been a process trying to disassociate myself with the under supervision, mm-hmm portion you know mm-hmm. that I, I spent so much time in like literally to just my entire, find some normalcy again. to find some normalcy again to breathe um, to breathe again. again to move around as an adult you know what i mean like the yeah. the entire time i had been an adult up until i was 26 i was on supervised release yeah uh or under some for, form of supervision coming out of these uh out of this rebellion uh, until last year up until last year let's the keep it a stack that's just until, until january of 2020 until january of 2020 okay yeah from april 2015 to, to January, January of 2020. 2020. You were under Actually, shooting. February 2020. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember when you were going through and you had to go to court all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. So here's another question that I have for you. How have you decided to advocate now for your community? Um, that's a tricky question. Again, because of how fresh I am off, off uh, coming off of uh, supervision and then yeah. rolling right into COVID. Yeah. Um, that's been something I've struggled with Um now, but I am, I am an, uh, an aspiring educator. I work with the youth. Um, I've always been a vocal part of my community, and I'm engaged with several uh, different community, uh, different community groups, organization, organization community groups, uh, organizers. Um, but I haven't been. Uh, I'm wary of social media. I don't blame you. I'm. I'm, I'm Listen, after being supervised, and here's the thing that you guys don't know, like some of his story he is not sharing because you know what? Um, He is in the process of writing a book. Y'all got to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to pay for that. The game is to be sold, not told. Sold, not told. And the reality is... Shout out to Sugar Free. It was trying. You know what I mean? I still struggle now to some degree um, with, you know, my comfortability level. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are yeah. times where I, I become extremely anxious. Yeah. And have to, you know, settle myself down. I can't even down. imagine. Some of the um, things that he has told me that he has not shared 
Um, like I can't imagine. Mm-hmm. And I think in the being a black man, like I can't being a black person. Period. There's a certain amount of trauma in our bones, mm-hmm. right? Just in our structural DNA, there is trauma there, mm-hmm. right? And we just we just pass it off as somebody has bad nerves or mm-hmm. she just scary. No, it's trauma, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that like I can't imagine going through with you went through right after what happened to Freddie Gray mm-hmm. and just knowing that like this shit could happen to me. Mm-hmm. Like I could be I mean, Freddie Gray 2.0. Like I told you before, the the way I feel is uh, uh, most of the times is worst fears confirmed. You know, we have we have a we have a understanding. Um, speaking for Black people, we have some understanding of of what it means to be uh, on the wrong side of the wrong white man. Mm-hmm. And to some degree, you know, we 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 we're scared of it. But it's another thing to be standing right in front of it. Right. And it'd be the monster that you thought it was in every shape, form, and fashion. Right. That is the space I occupy uh, most of the time. Okay. Um, most of the time. I get it. With the reality of everything that I thought was true, all of the ugly stuff that I thought was true mm-hmm. about these people in power is it's exactly true. true. Oh, and guess that what? That is the scariest part. And guess what? To Even know that you're anxious listen. and you're nervous and it's not for no reason. And it's not for not, right? It is for... Yeah, damn good reason. It is, it is, it is directed. At, you know what I mean? Hey, it's real. It is and, real. And I think the thing is that, like, so many people are so. So here's the thing about like <clears throat> your generation and Generation Z. Sometimes I feel like you guys are so far removed from the past, mm-hmm. um, and maybe because we got to see our great, great, and sometimes great, our great, 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 and sometimes if we're lucky enough, great, great, great grandparents or elders that lived through Jim Crow Mm -hmm. and maybe some who their parents were actual slaves. Mm -hmm. Like the whole, um, the understanding and the the connection is a little Mm -hmm. bit different. It is. Um, So I think for you guys, like being able to see it like Mm -hmm. happening, Mm -hmm. it's like, whoa, holy crap. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that... um, Cause for me, it's like, I, like none of this shit ever shocks me. Like it, 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 it let me not say that. None of it surprises me, mm-hmm. but it always shocks. It always me. shocks me. There's always a shock to the mm-hmm. system. Like I said, when I saw them climbing up the walls of the mm-hmm. Capitol building, running through the Capitol building, sitting in um, congressmen and congresswomen and senators and state officials' offices with their feet on their desk mm-hmm. and calling themselves patriots, it's so disrespectful. Mm-mm. The levels of disrespect, mm-hmm. I think. Um, are a bit jarring when mm-hmm. you see it. So I can understand that. Like I, I have no idea like what it's like to experience what you You can't imagine the feeling of walking into a state courthouse. I can't imagine the feeling having, of being arrested. We listen, can stop right there. Listen, I'm, I can't. I, but I got to paint this picture for you. Could you imagine walking into a court the first time you've ever been in trouble and there are 15 ATF agents with mm. machine guns waiting on you. Waiting on you and only Waiting you. Waiting on you. I would have shit on myself. Excuse my language. I like how I said excuse my mm-hmm. language after I said fuck a hundred times. But, like, I would have shit on myself. The fear that shot through my body. Yeah. It was unreal. As soon as I, they followed me to the bathroom. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you yeah. don't go anywhere without us. Yeah. Talk to you crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that... 
to be exposed to that and then to go back into to, regular to society, society like, as if that, do, that that dynamic doesn't exist. So let me say, I'm going to say this to you and I've said it to you before and I'm going to say it to you on air too to like put some accountability on it, put some respect on my name. Mm-hmm. You got to get some, you got to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. You got to. Because mm-hmm. there's a social, there's a condition that I don't put you out here. Mm-hmm. On, I don't put you out here on the air. Put me on the air. I have not been to therapy, guys. No, um, no, no, no. But but this is real, though. Yeah, it is. Because aside from the trauma that we experience just by being black in mm-hmm. period, just by being black in the world, period, mm-hmm. being black in America, being a black man in America, mm-hmm. being a black man who has uh, gone through what you have gone through, mm-hmm. you got to reconcile some of that trauma. Mm-hmm. You have to. You got to, Greg. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to. Because if not, one day, the rage might come back. Mm-hmm. Cause it's still in there. It's in there. Cause it's in me. Mm-hmm. It's in you. Mm-hmm. It's in um, your cousins. It's mm-hmm. in your mother. Mm-hmm. It's in. It's in us. Mm-hmm. And it could just bubble up again. Cause April twenty seventh was just a regular day. Yeah. And then you just decided, nah. Mm-mm. I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when that man showed you that mask, it was like. All the pieces coming together. Yeah, so I mean, yeah. you have to reconcile that, and mm-hmm. it is so important for your spirit. And this mm-hmm. is how I wasn't even thinking about this when I even thought about having you on here. But just to bring it back to like the nucleus of like my show, it's about self care and self love and like taking care of you. Mm-hmm. You gotta take care of you mm-hmm. because you will be nervous and anxious walking around for the rest of your life, and that's no way to be. That's still a form of bondage. Mm-hmm. You got to do that. Yeah. Promise me. Pinky swear. I pinky swear I will. I mean, I turn to take my ring off. Pinky swear. I pinky swear. Oh, I even help you find one. Let's do it. Okay. Let's I do it. I reached out to, so I reached out to a lady, um, like, to, uh, like a month ago, but I, okay. you know, just kind of be in that process. Yeah. It takes, and it takes some yeah. time yeah. because uh, it's like trust is an issue with mm-hmm. us. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you got to do it. And I think that when you do like just speaking from personal experience like i haven't experienced what like you went through but like just when it comes to trauma and healing trauma when you start to heal it it's almost like something inside of you like Mm -hmm. opens up like Mm -hmm. you bloom from the inside out as a flower Mm. i'm not calling you a flower like you a dainty little flower Mm -hmm. because you know you're pretty man listen i'm I'm the rose that grew from the concrete okay okay all right don't be a rose well you know what be a rose greg Black men should be able to be roses if they want to. Mm-hmm. This is a safe space for you to be a rose. What color rose are you? Red. Mm-hmm. Okay, be a red rose. You not forget about that concrete. You can't. Tell me what, um, is there any difference in the city? Uh, again, uh, as a, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a two-part answer. Uh, structurally, no. Okay. Right? Um, mm-hmm. When you think about institutions, and, if the, and uh, has it been a, foundational change to the institutions that we uh struggle with in the city that we experience these um discrepancies no okay but there has been a you know a, a concerted effort by individuals okay to you know to push in different directions whether it be uh mental health whether it be literacy whether it be uh fresh food there are all kind of uh initiatives and things going on in the city run by um community organizations and individuals okay okay and and um that's a start. Yeah, it is. I mean, but that is that that has always existed. Yeah. Right. That's a civil yeah. rights movement. That's, so then that's not. Ch- you know what I'm saying? Again. So no. Um. Have I again? It, are there new people coming into the city? Are they trying to? Um, but then that. But that's you know, not a change, though. Yeah. I don't want to uh, discredit anybody for work that they actually have done. Well, I'm, so um, I don't mean that. I, I mean like as. Oh, a has result. Uh, has there no? Has there been a change? No. Yeah, no, no. No. 
Absolutely not. Is that do you feel like there's a work toward a change? No. No. Nope. Um, I, I think we are. Uh, a lot of us are pretty happy with the new mayor. Okay. And some of the changes we've seen in City Hall with Nick Mosby, Polygod going down and um, becoming City Council President. The mayor. Um, Baltimore is the, is, uh, the mayor that Brandon said, Scott. pull your mask up shorty. Pull your mask up shorty. That was the best. Listen, that was so Baltimore. I love every second. It was so second. Baltimore. Oh, my God. You guys can hear the difference in me and Greg's um, accent. Yeah, so Because I lived in California and I have developed non-regional diction. My Baltimore accent will come out when I'm angry. Um, but so does my West Coast accent come mm-hmm. out when I'm angry, I've heard too. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so the key is Greg will say Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Right? And I said Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You can Baltimore. Always, you can always tell when someone is from Baltimore because they'll say Baltimore. Mm-hmm. It's like B-A-W-D-A-M-O-R-E. Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Like B-A-W-D-A. Baltimore. Yeah. Baltimore. I got it. It's in there. I just keep it um, suppressed for, you spend for rage. Merlin. For rage. Yes, Merlin. But that's Merlin. also a DC and PG thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. I want to thank Gregory for giving me his time. I'm so glad that he came on here. And I, I owe appreciate him. you for having I me. I owe him. Of course. I want you back. Because I'm always trying to make friends with guys that come on the show. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of women on the show. But I want men to have a voice, too. Because okay. men are important. Mm-hmm. Black men are important to me. I love black men. Listen, I, I have, love black men. I have a purse. What happened? Okay. He has a purse, guys. And you know what? We're not even going to get on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> on that note, we out of here. Yeah, he has Where's a, my purse? Yeah. <laughs> Hand me He's my, my purse. purse. <laughs> oh, that was so great. You missed the epic high five that we just um, gave. Um, I want to thank Greg for showing up and telling us some of his story. Maybe I'll have him back to tell me more of his story. Um, or when it's time for his book to come out. You can just buy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you so much, Greg. I love you. And love you too, man. We out. We out. So for today's Straight Facts question, it's coming to us from Dallas, Texas. And... Uh, a brother named Phil wrote in and I thought that this was a very interesting conversation uh, to have. Um, Phil says, my partner and I had amazing sex in the beginning. Well, that's good, Phil. I'm glad that you guys had amazing sex. I mean, it was awesome. As our relationship has evolved, my palate has changed and I want to do and experience new things together. With her and only her. She is a mute. In bed. And I'm like a filthy sailor. I'm trying to recreate the Kama Sutra. And she likes it plain. Well. Everybody ain't out here trying to recreate the Kama Sutra Phil. Mimi, please help me turn this candle. Into a flamethrower. Well, Phil. And Dallas, as with most of the questions that I get, this can all be solved with a little conversation. And I'm sure that you guys have had conversations around this before. And I know for a fact, not because this is something that I've experienced, but I know that this is something that is not uncommon in relationships and exclusive relationships. Over time, when you have been with somebody for a long period of time, over time, you know, 
things can change. People can start liking different stuff. You know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. And I just really think that it's something that you just need to kind of talk about. And if that doesn't work, maybe you guys should go to therapy about it because there's something there. Um, and it might not even be a big thing. It's something there that you need to get to the root of, you know, nobody wants to like leave each other because of this. But the truth of the matter is, I mean, you know, like I'm going to just keep it a stack. Sex is important in relationships. And I hate when people try to pretend that it's not or try to act like it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal. It may not be as big of a deal to some people as it is to others. It is a big deal to me. And I mean a big deal. It is not. You know what? I ain't even gonna lie. It can be a deal breaker because if I'm not sexually satisfied, naturally, I am going to. Well, first, I'm going to express that we can have a conversation about it. But if there is no meeting of the minds like. I'm a one. Sis got to listen, (laughs) listen. You know, I don't know if I have a lot. I do know, like I may have a little more testosterone than most women, but like I sex is important to me. So I say all that to say before I start spilling too much of my own tea, um, talk to her and like keep it all the way a Hollywood of her. Like, I don't want to sleep with anybody else but you. Like, how can we meet in the middle? How can we work on this? Because I want to be with you and only you. I don't want to be with anybody else. Don't say it like, don't, ain't no ultimatums and don't be saying nothing like, well, if you don't meet me where I want to be met, like I'm going to be forced to go out and don't do that because women don't like that. I mean, nobody likes that. It's kind of disrespectful, but talk to her and like talk to her. Maybe you guys can like watch some, you know, porn together or like read some books or, you know, talk to her and be very explicit about like what you want, what you want to try and set the mood, like work for it a little bit. Women love when to do work for it, work for it a little bit, you know, figure out like you guys may have been together for a long time and shit changes, you know, just like you said, your palate has changed. Her palate may has changed. Talk about it and then put the words into action because I can't imagine being in a relationship with somebody. I mean, I can, cause I have been, but like, Ain't nobody got time to be in no uh, relationships with nobody that's um, sex. I can't even talk. See, talking about it just upsets me. Sexually unfulfilling. We don't have time for that. It's 2021. I ain't have time for it in 1999 if you want me to be all the way real. But I definitely definitely don't have time for it in 2021. So, Phil, I wish you all of the luck in the world. Buy some books. Read the books with your girlfriend. Watch some porn and not no trashy porn, because if she is already a mute, she probably doesn't want to see trashy porn. And that's not true. That ain't even true, because I know some mutes who like some wild shit. You know, this is why you have to talk, because you don't know unless you know. So have a conversation with her. And I really pray that you guys work through this. I do. Live long and prosper. Friends and kin, today's 
we got to do better segment is real simple. I I, I don't know if, if you if you listen on a regular basis. I've been keeping it real simple lately. And I think when I did the season two premiere, I decided that, you know, maybe I don't want anything to be too complex. Let's just keep it real simple. So we all know there's, well, we may all not know. There's a serenity prayer that says, God, a snippet of it or a portion of it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That serenity prayer is not the quote for we got to do better for episode 20. Not at all. Auntie Supreme Angela Davis begs to differ. She does not quite agree with the serenity prayer. She uh, decided to flip the script. And in fact, the following quote by Auntie Angela Davis says, we got to do better. And that quote says, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Get into it. I'm going to say it one more time because I do that. I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Thank you, Auntie Supreme Angela Davis. We appreciate you. We love you. And we cherish you. (laughs) Friends and kin, I want to, of course, start off by thanking God first because God is supreme and I recognize and appreciate that the grace that God extends to me every single day of my life is a blessing and it's not an obligation to extend that grace to me. I want to thank me. I told you guys in the last episode, I'm definitely taking a page from Uncle Snoop's book and taking the time to just thank myself for my hard work, for my consistency, for my determination, for my motivation, for my get, get, get to itness. I am grateful to Mimi for being consistent. Showing gratitude for oneself is definitely a form of self-care. And at Hand Me My Purse, you know, we are all about self-love and self-care. I'm thankful for my family, for my friends, for my supporters. And of course, I'm thankful for you guys out there listening. Without you, there is no hand me my purse. Well, there is a hand me my purse, but without you, there's no purpose. Nobody's listening. I love you guys so much and I'm honored to be able to share this time and to share my energy with you, especially if you are a consistent listener, especially if you are my friends and kin. I want you to keep coming back. I can't wait until the next time we get to do this again. And that will be on February the 15th. Now, before you exit out of whatever streaming service you are using to listen to this, I want you to stop. Look, listen to your heart, hear what it's saying. Sorry. I don't know. It was on my heart. I want you to stop what you're doing. And if you haven't already done so, scroll up and go click subscribe or follow if that is an option on the streaming service where you are listening. Now, I want you to get on over to Instagram and follow me at hand me my purse underscore podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at HMMP underscore podcast and on Facebook. Just search hand me my purse podcast. Friends and kin, if by chance you listen to this show via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, or any other medium that allows you to do so, please carve one to two minutes out of your day to rate and review the show or give it a thumbs up. 
Please be sure to share Hand Me My Purse with your friends, loved ones, and even your enemies because people that you don't like deserve a little Hand Me My Purse joy too. It might help them. It may make them easier to like, okay? So think about it from that lens. Like you're doing it not only to help them, but to help you. How about that? The best way for people to find out about the show is by you guys telling them about it. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, if you submit a review of the show, your review may be featured on an upcoming episode. I'm thinking about starting to read reviews on the show, maybe when I hit like the one year mark. Uh, I'm thinking about doing that. Or whenever the year mark comes up for my trailer, I think, which will be March 1st, I think I'll start doing it then because that was around the time I started to get reviews. So remember, subscribe and or follow the show so that you are the first to know when I drop a new episode, which is always the first and 15th of every month. Then I want you to follow Hand Me My Purse on social media. Then I want you to rate and review the show. And lastly, I want you to tell your friends and your kin about the show because sharing is caring. Show notes, of course, are always available at handmemypurse.buzzsprout.com. And I highly suggest that you get into the habit of reading the show notes because they have all the links to the things that I talk about in the show. Also, just an FYI, the opening and closing music and any music that you hear with the exception of my jam is provided by none other than Gloomy Tunes. Please submit your questions for the Straight Facts segment, as well as photos, stories, and quotes about your aunties too. Hello at handmemypurse.com or send me a DM on Instagram. They may be featured on a future episode or on social media. And just an FYI, you can expect a brand new episode of Hand Me My Purse, the podcast on the 1st and 15th of every single month. So the same way you expected those checks on the 1st and the 15th, early in the morning, you already know your girl is going to have you covered on those days. Again, the 1st and 15th of every month on your podcast streaming services, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. These are for my international friends and kin and anywhere else you may even think that you can find it. Or you can just go straight to my Buzzsprout website and find it there. I look forward to you looking forward to listening. And I'm out this bitch. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.